Help me to decide, help me make the most of freedom and of pleasure. Nothing ever lasts forever, everybody, everybody wants, to, wants to rule the world. Yo, what's up everybody and welcome back to a live episode of the Channel Chasers podcast, audio only listening. You are probably confused at the energy levels here, but uh, for more clarification, we have gone video. That's right. You can actually see what our lovely mugs look like in person. If you decide to go over to the Channel Chasers YouTube channel, you just go to YouTube ch uh, youtube.com forward slash at Channel Chasers podcast and you find us there. Uh, hopefully, uh, it, it, uh, the video version will hopefully be out the day after the audio version drops. So again, if you just want to hear us talk again, but you want to see what we look like, put some uh, faces to those lovely voices uh you know definitely check us out um obviously the edits and stuff will be different there uh but of course uh as promised we are back once again and we are here to cover uh honestly a show that i did not expect to get so damn invested into but here we are uh we're covering xo kitty and uh very much like how we do with a lot of these shows we have uh varying perspectives in terms of uh, experience with these things uh because uh you know if you guys are familiar Familiar with the podcast, uh, and some of you guys might have been here uh, back in the day when uh, we did our previous iteration of the podcast. Uh, it's also in our audio archive, I believe. Uh, mm -hmm. Brian, it, and, it uh, is because mm -hmm. because we we uh, talked about the last installment and talked about the series as a whole. Yep. So yeah, Brian and I actually uh, covered uh, previously the "To All the Boys I Loved Before" uh, Netflix uh, uh, movie series uh, as a Valentine's Day special. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so we are actually very familiar with uh, Kitty Song Covey as a character. Um, well, um, if you don't mind me popping in real quick. Yeah, sure. Uh, it, for people that haven't listened to that, uh, just as a thing of perspective and different perspectives, uh, this was, and I may have interrupted Jay before he was going to say it, my apology. All right. Uh, but uh, yeah, the to all the boys I loved uh, film series, Jay watched it like as it was airing. Yep. I marathoned all three so that we could cover the finale. So even with that, it's different perspectives. Yeah, it was. It, it's funny. Uh, the, those those uh, those video uh, those uh, those movies have a special place for me because uh, those were uh, the, when each of them came out. They were they were date night movies that I that I watched uh, with my ex uh, with, with with my girlfriend at the time, um, who actually was uh, was was the one in charge of making my thumbnails and shit. Uh, uh, shout out, shout out to, shout out to Elizabeth. Uh, ho hopefully you're, hopefully you're listening to the episode. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, we, um, you know, so we are, uh, Brian and I are pretty familiar with the two all the boys. Uh, Kitty was actually one of our favorite characters. I went back and I listened. Mm. K K we talked uh, quite a bit about Kitty, despite her being a side character, and talked about just man, I love this little ball of energy. Like, oh, she's such a good, uh, a good person. I, <laughs> I think it was. I, I don't remember which one of us said it, but this was before like the uh, the EXO Kitty spinoff was even announced or thought of. But we, we were, I think one of us or both of us were like, man, I would watch a whole show with just her. Here we are. Um, so yeah, so, you know, uh, obviously we're going to come at it from the perspective of uh, people who uh, very much got to Kitty, uh, like, 
evolve from side character to taking the lead, as it were. Um, we're not gonna compare her to LJ because, you know, it's a completely different story. Um, obviously, you know, LJ is important to her story as well. So we're gonna mention that a little here and there, uh, but uh, it's not super important. Um, and then, uh, obviously, Tony is coming at it as a Exo Kitty only uh, perspective. So uh, we're, we're really gonna see how uh, new viewer friendly the show is. Um, uh, just cut to the chase. It is new viewer friendly. Oh yeah, for for sure. I'm glad. I suspected it from watching it, but it's glad to confirm. Yeah, I was able to understand things without uh, the added context, which a good enough show should do. Also, just just a fun, uh, yeah, just a fun note and realization that Brian pointed out that blew my mind. That like mm-hmm. I I did not even like I uh, you know as Brian said I watched the movies as they aired and you know I mean I, I've watched them a couple of times because you know we we use them as like date night movie stuff um but uh i i had i didn't realize and i feel so dumb for not realizing this given like how big of a fan of a ca- the character i am the couple in the two all the boys i love before series was quite possibly a fucking spider-man reference because the main couple is named peter and laura jean or lj and what is the you know look at the alphabet there what letter is very close to letter L? LJ. Uh-huh. Peter yeah. and MJ. Peter oh and LJ. <laughs> like, wait, what? How did I miss that? <laughs> well, I think one of the things Absolutely. one of the things that uh, was uh, in our favor, though, is I think Kitty is one of the few people that calls her LJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah everybody else, everybody else just calls her Laura G, um, which is a mouthful in its own. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I've never actually heard somebody like in real life include their middle name in their name, like just as out loud, regular, like call me by first name, middle name. Folks are just extra. well, unless you talk about like uh, oh, the, oh, like. Uh, also, no offense, but like the like uh, white trash esque like Laura Jean. Oh, also Tony, just just uh, just for a fun mm. fact, I know uh, she don't um like it is mentioned oh. in the uh, it, it is mentioned by the, the the nickname that she uh, is given in school. Uh, but um, the Coffee family is actually from your neck of the woods in your least favorite city. Yeah, I, I pieced that together. Yeah, um, uh, joy and I completely joy. misspoke there earlier. Sorry, people. Now you're fine. You're fine. Oh, good. Uh, but yeah, so uh, it, uh, it, it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. Um, how we're going to structure the podcast when we get into the dis- uh, the discussion proper is uh, we're going to do it in a very fun and messy style. I'm glad you guys can see this and you can actually see me rubbing my hands maniacally because I don't have to describe it out loud and feel weird. Audio yeah, only because, listeners, you're well, missing you out on this. I want you for the audience yeah. only. Yeah. For the audio only. Yeah, F- folks at home, audio only, you're, you're, you're missing out on this. But yeah, I am rubbing my hands maniacally like an evil villain. Um, I'm no, honestly. I know exactly how you're doing this, Jake. Yep. You're just doing this as a cheeky, toxic fuck. I mean, yes. <laughs> well, uh, uh, so it's a little... fact about Jay, he loves messy shit. Well, and, yes. and I love being toxic. 
And I love being toxic. Let's, let, <laughs> let, let, let's be perfectly clear here. But how we're going to structure the podcast is uh, ship-based. Uh, because if you're familiar with Exo Kitty, uh, it is very ship-heavy. And uh, we are going to talk about each individual ship, uh, its beginning and its end point, and uh, their impact on the show. And by the end of the discussion, uh, each of us is going, after we give our, before we give our ratings, we are going to discuss after, you know, we all hash out our points who we think is deserving of the title of otp for those of you who do not speak fandom one true pair or endgame mm. the mm-hmm. bane of every harem anime's existence i mean and, yes. let's, and, and let's be honest here like this is essentially a harem uh, a harem drama like for lack of a better term um yes and uh, well, dude one of the main one of the early main plot points is like Right out of a harem, a reverse harem. Yeah, it is definitely, yeah, this is definitely a reverse harem. But for the folks at home, just because, uh, fun fact about me, I, uh, I've consumed a lot of harem and reverse harem anime in my time. And actually, this isn't, this isn't the, there are subtle intricacies. And actually, this isn't the first time, uh, Tony and I have been on a podcast together, and it's funny enough that this is our first, uh, video version, because, uh, (laughs) back in the day on Tony's YouTube channel, uh, Tony, Jordan, and I actually did a anime podcast called Weeb Warriors, um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, we actually covered Mm -hmm. quite a bit of, uh, harem and romance anime there as well, so, uh, uh, Jay knows my philosophy on what makes a harem anime a harem anime. A harem does not count two people. And there are definitely more than two people in this. Most of this, so you know. Mm-hmm. We, we got. I think a clarification for the folks at home yep. that enjoy anime content. Yep. That think a harem can include two people. It needs to be at least three. Yep. It's got to be at least a triangle, if not, uh, you know, a full-on dodecahedron like this fucking no, show. No, no. What I mean by that, if there's two remote romance interests that's mm. just a love yeah, triangle. that's just a love triangle yeah there has it, to it, there has to be there has to be another avenue yeah yes there has to be at least three potential uh love interests to count as a harem show yep so which uh without getting into spoilers there's at least three if not more options but there for- yeah there are definitely at least three i i can think of just three off the top of my head, three off the top of my head. yeah Boom, done. yeah so uh we're, we're gonna we're gonna get into all of that so uh you know stay tuned for the tea and the juice um spoiler free wise uh you no know, before before we uh, like jump into news and all that uh i really enjoyed it i really enjoyed it it was a lot of fun oh yeah uh it um, you know brian and i had the exact same sentiment we were just like man i went into this just expecting to like fluff and i end the show just so invested yeah indeed and um <laughs> to the fact where i've only got two things to talk about for a tv time um and also um initially when i first suggested this well first of all i didn't realize it was a tv show when i aired the clip here i was like hey they're continuing the movie series and nope it's tv show and then found out that uh, that guardians was going to be the episode before which uh for video people you can go back and listen to the audio and uh where we covered it and i was like a lot of people are saying that that's going to be really sad so i think we need something fluffy 
afterwards, which uh, I still feel sad. I'm not gonna lie to you. It was, but it also I still feel sad. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Well, also same, and also there there was a point where I was like, okay, this is not a show that I can uh, like multitask with. I've actually got to pay attention. Yeah, dude. Like I I literally I thought this was gonna be one of those like background shows, but I got so hooked into it that I was just like, no, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm I'm locked in here. I'm locked in. Uh, Which, um, before you get into everything, yep. just a little funny note about Exo Kitty. Uh, not not only is it the same actress who played Kitty returning, it is the same actor who played Day returning, which only had, like, a brief cameo in the original. Yeah, he, so. he, he, lit- he literally, like, he locked out because he was literally only yeah. in it for, like, five minutes of, I think it was the second movie, and then, like, two minutes of the third one, which was the final in all the uh, Boys I Love trilogy. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so he... And, like, from what I see on social media, this kid is really blown up. Rightfully so, because he, Mm -hmm. you know, he, uh, he... he, he, Yeah, he did a great job. Um, And also just... Oh, yeah, indeed. Just another spoiler-free side note. um, I don't know, I can't speak for the the rest of the panel here, uh, but me personally, um, I never got into K-pop, mostly because I was afraid of the fandom. Um, K-pop fans are very scary. Um, and uh, so, so I never really got into the, the music, but this soundtrack is fire. Oh, yeah. Well, well um... Good, man. Yeah, indeed. For me, K-pop is just like any other genre of music that I listen to. If I hear a song in it, I like it. I'll add it. I think I've had like one, twice song. KDA, even though that's very manufactured K-pop. Uh, but actually, there was a song that uh, was in Exo Kitty that I already had on my phone. Nice. I actually, oh my God. I, I actually, re- uh, I, I was actually looking through my phone. And I was like, wow, I actually have a lot of Blackpink on here. I didn't know I listened to that much Blackpink. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. My my one friend in college really got me into that particular group. I forgot about that. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The the soundtrack is pretty fire. Um, So really quick before we jump into the, uh, you know, the uh, next main segment and then and then jump into the discussion. Uh, Tony, uh, as the uh, the new the new viewer to uh, to the um, all the boys I love universe uh, slash Exo Kitty, uh, what, what were your uh, spoiler free like kind of first impressions, and how do you feel about the show? Itself? Enjoy this show. It was enjoyable. Messy parts reminded me a bit of my teenage days and how cringe inducing that was. Yeah, like. It, it, it's one of those things where, like, um, I, th- I think I realize now why I enjoy uh, teen drama so much now as an adult more than I enjoyed it when I was a teenager. Because as an adult now, you can look back at these mistakes and these, like, embarrassing moments and you can think back fondly about them. As a teenager, they were relatable because you were going through them at the time. But as an adult, you get to have these, like, not necessarily rose-colored glasses type moment, but, like, you think, oh, I did some shit like that back in the day. Or, oh, this little shit reminds me a lot of me. Oh, fuck, I was terrible. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> said character did to try to better themselves. Relatable. Yep, yep, relatable. Yeah. Totally relatable. Oh my god, especially in the fucking romance department. Oh my god. Yep, oh. yep, yep. Mm-hmm. It, it just hit me. Yeah, it just hit me. Brian, Brian, you, Brian you, you know me well enough to, I'm pretty sure you fit, you know which character was, I mean, you didn't know me in high school. You got to meet me at the end of high school, but like, you, I'm sure you know yeah. which character it is. And we'll talk about it when we get to that character. I think I, I think mostly from, from what I know, I can see the two different characters for both of you. Okay, interesting. Oh. I, 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 wa- I want to hear, I love to hear your thoughts on who I, those I, are. I, I, <laughs> Brian's critical this, analysis. This is this is going to be very interesting, folks. You'll get you oh, know yeah. vi- video audience. You get you get you get an exclusive treat. You actually get to see our live reaction to what Brian says. Yeah, audio people, you're missing out. I'm telling you. Yeah, but yeah, before we jump into discussion proper, we are going to uh, go into our uh, next segment, uh, leading off with Brian. Rider Strike update. Um, which, uh, by the way, just as a reminder, we support the riders. Hundred percent. Yeah, we. You know, we're gonna. We're obviously. You know, we're gonna reiterate that in every single episode. You no, know, as amateur writers ourselves, and as TV fans who just appreciate great writing. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we stand with the writers. We support you know, them wanting this equal treatment and equal conditions. You know, companies and execs do not deserve to take advantage of these poor people, um, you know, who work so hard to bring these wonderful stories to life. Yep. Indeed. And uh, more delays um, have come, been confirmed. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as movies go, Thunderbolts. Um, mm-hmm. Saw it coming, but still it yeah. is what it is and uh, as far as tv goes uh shows you might have forgot that existed have been uh, put on delay and that is um both of the uh spider-verse shows that are uh currently in development there are spider-verse oh. shows i forgot those were a thing yeah. uh what's it yeah um uh, spider-man freshman year was one of those no no no, no, no. That, that that's no. tom holland spider-man that's a whole different uh, thing than spider-verse uh, uh this is um this is amazon so this is like spider-verse sony-verse yeah yeah whoa okay um and it was announced a while back. I think it was on an episode that you weren't on, Tony, but uh, mm. it was announced that they're doing a live-action uh, Silk TV show. That's right, it was still. Oh. And there was one other who actually was in Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, Spider-Man Noir? Penny Parker? Yep. Wait, were they gonna... Was Nick Cage gonna be in this? Noir. Was Nick Cage uh, gonna be apparently, in this? Apparently rumors are that they're trying to get him for it. That mm. would be amazing. He was great. Yeah. Which uh, apparently... Uh, side little fun fact for you um the way they got him to do that and do that kind of voice was initially he came in and started doing the reading and they were like hey uh could you be more excitative and like they were they were like skirting around the bush and apparently nick's cage said oh you want me to go full cage okay and then just 
<laughs> he essentially basically just channeled his uh if you guys remember the kick uh, the movie the kick-ass uh movie he channeled his uh big daddy energy okay, remember his yeah. uh his you know batman analog character big daddy hit girls dead uh like one of my absolute favorite roles because you because nick cage has always been a comic fan uh so like mm -hmm. He always just, you can tell, like, he's having the time of his life playing comic book era. Um, so, oh, in indeed. Oh, so yeah, that's um, definitely dope. But, uh, in a, one other show that has put, been put on cancel, well, not cancel, but put the on hiatus for a bit, mm -hmm. yeah, is, uh, the Blade Runner TV show. I forgot that was a thing, too! Isn't it's, that, isn't it's that? gonna be in the... That's done by uh, the, the director, right, who did the, who is doing yeah. Dune right now, as well? Villanueva, I believe. Yeah, Villanueva, and, yeah, yeah. Um, it's uh it is tied into whoa uh, what was it 2059 2049 49 okay because in my brain i want to go 2099 but that's a different franchise yep <laughs> yep yeah although, but, uh, although 2099 but, um, is very blade runner inspired so i don't blame you yeah yeah and uh two more things for uh for the writer strike before we move on to the next story is uh the amazon plus like phenomenon ted lasso was going to do a uh, live screening screening of the season three finale which might also be the series finale but that got canceled Aww. and well the saddest of news that comes from the writer's strike is uh reports are coming in that uh due to the legalese and the writer's strike going on uh even though deadpool 3 is still going on and they're still filming it right now mm -hmm. ryan can't um improv damn which makes me sad that's the most fun part of Deadpool. He can't improvise because, uh... Yeah, the, the te the te like he technically be counted as a writer, and that's... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ooh, <laughs> that's rough, buddy. Yep. And uh, moving on to uh, different but also semi-sad news that is not having to deal with, like, any IRL deaths or anything. Uh, but um, um, recent news as of recording this, um, you guys know that uh, Max just launched where it's HBO Max dropped the HBO and, the, and uh, incorporating discovery. Well, another person is doing that. All right, Disney Plus and Hulu. Oh, what? It's just Hulu. Well, or uh, apparently, Disney. They've got a name, but apparently, what they're gonna do is uh, you can pay for them separate or pay for them together, and they will be together on one app. Interesting. And I mean, I'm already paying for, for both. And for anyone, uh, I don't know what that means. And for anyone out there who um who uh happens to also be paying the ES. ESPN bundle. Uh-huh. They said that, that that's still going to continue if you bought that. Okay. You're cool. still going to have that discount. Good, good, good. Yeah, that's useful um, for those of us that actually and, do enjoy sports ball. But apparently, due to the fact that they are combining into one, uh, both sites are dropping things. Okay. Um, I forgot the full list, but it's lesser, lesser, somewhat lesser watched stuff. Uh, I know some of the highlights include uh, Willow. No one I was watching that. Both the show and movie, um, or at least the show. Um, Why the Last Man TV show. I forgot that that was a thing. Yeah, that's right. H Hulu got it as part because uh, it's on the FX. It's because FX has a thing with Hulu. Mm -hmm. I forgot that that was a thing. And the the biggest one that hurts for us, the first Marvel show for them to drop. 
The Runaways. Oh, I mean, yeah, I heard about that. I mean, well, that was like we already knew that was canceled, so that doesn't hurt for real, you know? Hits, you know? Yeah, but like, it, yeah, it, it off the yeah, app. yeah. It just means we can't watch, we can't rewatch it and hear them yeah. mispronounce Carolina's name. Mm -hmm. But you know, that's just me. Uh, but uh, moving on, because I'm going on for too long. Um, it was announced just today. This is new news just today. Um, as of recording that, um, this. Mm -hmm. That um for another follow up on a story that we covered before, where we announced that How to Train Your Dragon is uh, getting a live action version. Mm -hmm. Um, as of today, we know who is playing Hiccup and Astrid. Okay, cool. Uh, both lesser known young actors. Uh, for Hiccup, it's a uh, Mason Thames. Uh, he had a breakout starring role in uh, the Ethan Hawke movie, The Black Phone. I don't think I've seen that. He was the lead in that. It was about a kidnapped kid who escapes thanks to oh, the ghosts I, I, I've of see, I've the seen, people who were killed by his kidnapper. I've seen a trailer for it, but I have not seen that movie. Um, I've heard good things about him. He also looks the part if you look at him. Nice. Um, but, um, the one for Astrid, you know, you know this actress. Uh, her name is, uh, Nico Parker. Okay, what has she been? Sarah in, uh, The Last of Us. Oh, shit! Oh. Really? They're getting a black actress for Astrid? Apparently. Wasn't she, like, blonde and shit? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, hating. I'm just trying to remember if I'm remembering the character correct. You are. Okay. And well, I mean, not, I, I mean, it's, it's not a big deal. Like, the, the funny no. thing, the funny thing about that is, uh, she was voiced by America Ferreira. Mm -hmm. So, like... You know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, um, I'm interested. She's a good actress. I liked her in The Last of Us for the limited time that she same, got. Same. And uh, the last story is another case where an actor blabbed before they were supposed to. Damn it, and Tom. revealed something that they weren't supposed to. No! Who did this time? Wasn't him. M it was someone far older. Damn it, oh. Mark Ruffalo. Nope, it's not Marvel related. Oh, never mind. Oh. Usual suspects it are out. It was Dolph Lundgren. Oh, damn, <laughs> Ivan Drago. Why are you Oh, I don't know. Okay, what? Uh, Expendables related? Nope. Um, apparently, he is going to be in a new, in a new The Witcher show. A what? Huh? And, uh, I don't know if he himself confirmed it or if it's just speculation or if it's the only current spinoff announced or something like that, but, uh, it's thought to be that he's in a show circled around the rats. Interesting. I'm oh. kind of curious. Oh, okay. Kind of curious. Um, that kind of ties what into what I have for uh, one of the things I have for screen time, actually, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah. Um, uh, for now, we need to put uh, Dolph in the, sh in, in the basement, lock him with uh, Mark Ruffalo and Tom Holland. Yep. We I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a nice, comfy basement. I'm, it's probably fully furnished yeah. and everything. Like, you know. Probably has a <laughs> like even bunch of snacks. I mean, Dolph may have to bring some of his own uh, exercise equipment because I'm yep. sure that the basement may not have any. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, Tom probably has to stay yeah. in shape to be Spidey, so I'm sure there's a little bit of something in there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, um, Spidey bulking, it's different from, like, Dolph bulking. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's, <laughs> that's fair. fair, but, uh, you know, I actually saw a sketch where it was like, all right, the new thing's out. Tom, trying time to get back into the basement. But it's Loki. I have nothing to do with it. You'll still find a way. You'll find a way. You're both British. You talk to each other. The basement. 
now. Thomas, they, they use his... The, the, we, we use him. They, they, they use his full name. Yeah, it's, it's full <laughs> names now. Oh, man. But uh, that's the end of the news for now. It's a little slow because of, you know... Yeah, I mean, that, and that's just going to be the case for a while, honestly. The, the, the mm. news sack, uh, you know, nerd news might as well be renamed to Writer's Strike Watch Writer's temporarily. Um, but, yeah. And uh, Hollywood, if you want us to go back to our normal, just pay your writers. And, you know, nor and we and normally we would like we would love to do like speculative stuff of like what we would like to do but we know y'all are listening and we're not letting you take shit for free when you could be paying these wonderful people exactly Um, exactly um and uh Let's just say that people can be reasonable. People can. Mm, what's the word I'm looking for? We can compromise. And we 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 can fi- we can find a way, man. Life finds a way. You want your money, right? Mm-hmm. The only way you're gonna get your money is if you keep the shows going. And mm-hmm. let's be mm-hmm. honest here. You know, I know you were really excited about ChatGBT, but you know what ChatGBT needs in order to work? It needs writers to base its shit off of. So yeah. there's your fucking catch twenty two. You yeah. can't replace and if they the writers. Find out that you're you're technically stealing their intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can sue ya. Yeah, and yep. uh, let's just say you know that you can just fight on with legal battles, Listen, but yeah. individuals can be tireless. You just in their and you know just to tell you, just to just to relate it back to the show we're about to discuss after we talk about the trailers. You know, like shit, shit between people can get very messy. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I'd much rather prefer you know we, we all just handle this maturely. You know, we, we, I, I, mm-hmm. I, and I, hopefully we can take this experience and grow from it. Uh, like you know, obviously we're just three random men on the internet, so we have no impact on this whatsoever. But you know, nope. it nope. is what it is. No, 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 whatsoever. But you know, we just want—we just don't want to put our voices out there as you know, perspective writers that you know may, may be doing this shit in the future. No fingers crossed. Um, so let, we're, we're we're rooting for you guys. We really are. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, that's a, the, that, that's the main that's the main message that the, the channel tasters team wants to convey here. Fuck the execs. You know, the the, the writers are uh, writers deserve everything that uh, you know they're they're fighting. For, yep. and, and we're fighting mm-hmm. with you. Yep, uh, yep, yep, yep. So, uh, yeah. Uh, moving on, we're gonna go ahead and uh, jump over to uh, the trailer segment. Um, video only, people. You'll actually get an exclusive uh, that the Twitch audience used to get. You will actually get to see our live reaction. Uh, however, audio only, people. Uh, Brian is going to tell you what trailers we are going to cover. And then we're going to come back for the audio only and uh, give our rapid fire thoughts. Actually, we're probably just going to give the rapid fire thoughts and save the reaction part. Like, we're just going to cut the reaction part out. Because yeah, that, that, that's going to get tricky to edit because YouTube yeah. and its copyright system, now that I really think about it. So we're probably just going to cut out the reaction part and just cut to our rapid fire thoughts on said trailers. So, Brian, what trailers are we going to be reacting to tonight for the folks at home? Well, first of all, um, um, well, some of these trailers are a little bit older, but... Uh, uh, 
are very relevant to the upcoming month and stuff. But uh, first of all is uh, the new teaser for Skull Island. Nice! That's the animated Kong uh, thing, right? Yeah. Nice! Very excited yeah. for that. And uh, and uh, keeping with Netflix, uh, Bloodhounds, a uh, J, uh, a uh, not J, K, Korean action drama about boxers. Ooh, boxing drama! Ugh. I love boxing drama! I, I, as someone who loves the sport of boxing and, uh, you know, was raised by a, uh, a former boxer in my grandfather, God rest his soul, um, like, I, I, I love, I love the sport, and, uh, I, I'm totally down for this. Um, then, um, Jay found out about this last week, uh, and normally I wouldn't include things that are less than a minute, but, uh, I made a special exception for this because we got our first official teaser for Justified City Primal. Yep, very excited. I love the original Justified, uh, you know, we talked about how in the, and we talked about in our Mando episode, which, uh, go listen to that video, people, mm-hmm. uh, how much we all love Westerns. Justified is amazing, and which, I'm so excited for that. Which, uh, by the way, just as a fun fact about that, um, in this new, um, sequel spinoff thing, um, Raylan has a daughter. Ooh. Who's played by uh, Timothy Oliphant's real daughter? Oh, and the and I think he's playing the villain for the season. Oh, oh yeah, shit. Oh, nice. <laughs> the actor who played the Corinthian in yeah. Sandman. Oh, shit. That's oh, going to fuck. be awesome. Oh, fuck. Oh, but uh, moving on, uh, we have the new season of uh, True Detectives coming out. Nice, nice. Uh, starring uh, Jodie Foster. Oh, cool, Jodie Foster. Okay. Underrated legend. And then, uh, yep. And then um, Deadlock, which is a uh, Australian uh, detective show that uh stars three women at that uh prime picked up okay interesting okay and then um continuing from last week's news story we actually have trailers for two of the cw shows that i said that they're picking up two of the canadian ones i uh, okay. the spencer sisters and run the burbs which were the two that i thought were uh ones that sounded like you guys were interested in the most okay cool cool and uh we're rounding it out with a teaser for the new movie based on the popular video game franchise five nights at freddy's oh i've actually seen that teaser i'm I'm very i'm actually very excited yeah i believe i saw like a little bit of that but the uh let's just say someone very familiar in the internet Mm -hmm. space from what i can recall i mean yeah uh, Yeah. given you know given their connection to said franchise it would be a crime to not include Uh, Mm. which uh, i didn't include before but one very popular uh you video game YouTuber who I think is the one that you're talking about has uh, announced that he is um, a while back directing and uh, starring in a uh, Dead Nail movie based on the video game. Oh, cool. Nice. Or Iron Nail. That's oh. exciting. Yep. That's exciting. But uh, anyway, for the trailers for tonight, that the Five Nights at Freddy's was it. Okay, cool. Well, uh, uh- Audio only audience, uh, this is where we take our intermission as well as video people. Uh, we will be back via the magic of editing and we will get right back to you with our rapid fire thoughts on these trailers. But until then, we shall return. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors that we currently do not have. <laughs> 
And we're back. Welcome. All right. So that was a pretty great batch of trailers, Brian. I'm not going to lie. A lot of those were bangers. Um, so far, I think the ones that I'm the most hyped for, for me personally, and of course you guys chime in as well, uh, the blood Bloodhounds... Super hyped. Super hyped for that. Holy no, shit, that looks intense. Um, really oh, excited yeah. for that. Kong Skull Island, or Skull Island, the animated TV show, looks amazing as well. Yeah. Super hyped for that. Um, no. Uh, the Spencer Sisters looks really fun. I, I honestly think we, we'd get a kick out of that one as well. Even if we don't cover it on the podcast, I, I, I'm definitely gonna make that like a, a screen time show or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, what about you guys? What are, what are some of the what are some of the trailers that stood out to you? I uh, personally, the 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 run the bird between is just kind of meh. It was cute, but I don't know if I, I would actually check that one out. It, I think the show itself has potential. Um, I'm just wondering if it was a bad trailer or if the show is like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that, 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 that's also the case with the CW a lot of times. Uh, they're, they're not that good at making trailers. Like, mm -hmm. I, I know one example of a bad trailer that, like, undersold a very good show. Uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. They did not market mm -hmm. that show correctly with that first trailer. No. Uh, and that show was fantastic. So much so that I got Elizabeth to watch it. I fell off of the show and she forced me to finish it because she was like, you got me into this show. You got me invested and you just left me behind. <laughs> and uh, so I had to I had to finish it. Uh, it was good though. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. But point is, the CW doesn't know how to market their shit. Um, I mean, even yeah. though this isn't technically the CW shit, this is a, this is a port over, but you know, same shit. I will say that, um, also, Deadlock has potential. Oh yeah, Deadlock, Deadlock, Deadlock looks fun. That, that was, like, genuinely funny. I, I, like, I got a lot of chuckles out of that one. Like, if that one is two case of the week S, it seems like there's a through line, so I feel like that is, like, podcastable, but if it's two case I... of the weeky, you might, it might just be relegated to a screen time show it, it seems like it was an overarching story yeah yeah with, with the with the death of the mayor thing so yeah so i i think we could i think we could cover that like this is a uh, australia and i don't know how much case of the week they do that's true but yeah that, that one i think is fun like i think it was genuinely funny uh we mentioned it off camera but it uh it gave me like a hot fuzz these true detective vibe i, I that's what uh, you said brian yeah. i totally agree with that which um i gotta just point it out real quick the elephant in the room. <sighs> what is up with Hollywood's current fascination of porting over things? Is it just to deal with the writer's strike? I honestly think that the, the, the main case, especially for the CW, who is like, you know, super desperate right now. So, yeah, I mean, I know that's a, I know like uh, Deadlock is a prime show. Like I, I was just pointing to the, I, talked about earlier how the CW is dying. Oh, I get you. And also um, the, the eager uh, constable girl in Deadlock, mm -hmm. uh, just FYI, uh, she's also one of the lead writers for the class of 07. Oh, the other one the we reacted Australian to a couple one? days ago. Yep. Or not a couple days ago, a couple uh, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So. Cool. Uh, so, Tony, well, what were some of the standouts for you uh, in terms of the trailers we got to uh, got to watch? Bloodhounds was one of those. Mm -hmm. um, True Detective, honestly. Oh, yeah. True, uh, you know, we didn't actually really talk about that. But, yeah, True Detective looks really interesting. Uh, like the, the, uh, the small town isolated setting. I'm a, I'm a sucker for those. And it's I mean, starring it's starring acting powerhouse Jody Fisher. Jody Foster. Foster, sorry, bah, brain. Uh, but also a heavyweight chick. 
So yeah, like, good for her. I, I'm I'm super interested in this uh, in this season of True Detective for sure. And I'm uh, mostly speculating here, and it's it's Alaska, and the case is probably connected to a certain aesthetic, a certain uh, mythological creature from Canadian and North American. Uh, Mythology being the Wendigo. That's just me making a guesstimation. Oh, okay. Maybe, but, uh, yeah, like True it, Detective usually is like uh, real crime inspired, I believe. Yep. And there are cases of uh, Wendigo psychosis. One notable one was I forgot the individual's name, but let's just say it involved Buck. Wasn't wasn't that the shit that uh, Until Dawn was based off of? Not necessarily, but the monster itself. Yes, but the like an actual criminal uh, criminal case that. That, uh, that it's the most famous for Wendigo psychosis uh, is someone decapitated a man on a Greyhound bus. I, I, not, 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 not that like you know. I, I'm just it's really the, into true crime. I don't want people to get the wrong impression. My bad, y'all. Uh, it, like, <laughs> true crime stuff. Jay and I have. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have, I have a very morbid curiosity when it comes to the true crime stuff. I, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts. Um, and. Uh, if we if we cover uh, true detectives, maybe we can uh, dip our toe into that. But uh, also, also, also we uh, also we do uh, one of the one of the shows we do plan on possibly covering is uh, based on a true story. So that, that might be able to like wet our whistle for this kind of shit as well. Um, oh yeah, that's right. So, the next our next show. Yep. Yep. And it's but, um, not. And anthologies can have room to tell their own stories within the. Oh yeah. Oh I yeah. Uh, I, I do want to say uh, uh, the True Detective season with Vince Vaughn in it was amazing as well. That one was super underrated. Uh, very well done. Was that the one before or dirt or the same one that uh, Maharshima Ali was in? I think it was the same one. I, I might be wrong. Uh, you know, YouTube people. I can actually say this now because we're on YouTube. Tell us in the comments. Yeah, I will say one thing about True Detective that has me a little bit excited for this new season mm-hmm. is that it's been a couple years since we've seen the last season, which means that they're not just pumping them out for pumping them out sake. Yeah, yeah, no, like, they, they actually t- are taking their time to, to do, a, to make a real story. Uh, I, I, I am listening, I'm just gonna take take a second to adjust my headphones. Uh, so, yeah, YouTube, you're gonna you're gonna see me disappear for a second. Yep, oh, wrong button. I will edit all, the, I, I'll edit this <laughs> shit out. Uh, right, there we go. Continue. Um, but the point is, I think, yeah, run the bird is definitely the weakest of the trailers. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's looks great. Yeah, just on the tier of everything we looked at, uh, Justify, Primeval, that looked amazing, especially uh, Timothy Elephant just dru- just like oh, man. showing off. Like uh, the, the the teaser really does a good job of capturing that character's swagger, and just to see because this is a sequel ser- spinoff series, uh, like just to see that like this character clearly hasn't missed a beat. I'm so excited as a as a fan of the original and, um, show. And um, also as a teaser, um, I know I mentioned some stuff about the show off screen before, but uh, I also heard somewhere that uh, for this new season, he might be visiting Miami. Oh, cool. So that would be a good, like, culture shock, fish out of water. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and it could also lead to some really good comedy, uh, which, uh, like, you know, you don't think of with Justified, but, like, Timothy Oliphant has, you know, shown he's very good at, like, offbeat comedy. Um, You know, 
uh, that was kind of like his bread and butter in Santa Clarita diet, uh, well, shit like that. So like, I mean, sorry. Uh, go ahead. No, you. Uh, I was done. Okay. Um, I was just gonna say, same could be said for the 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 secondary lead of Justified, who I don't think is in the new one. Nope. Uh, uh, or at least Walter it, it Goggins didn't seem like it. Oh, dude, Walter Goggins has been fucking killing it with uh with his project. Man, talk up, talk Except about, talk about a real Marvel glow up. One. Yeah, yeah. He oh, did well. something cool. Um, he was the human villain in Ant Man and Lost. Yep, he was the non-meta. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's so how forgettable, forgettable it was. Yeah, them. exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, yeah so uh, just, uh, that that's it for the trailers. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, jump into screen time now. YouTube people, this is a brand new section for y'all, um, audio only people. Mm -hmm. You know what the yeah, uh, you know what the drill is. Screen time is the segment where the three of us talk about uh, you know, the different forms of media we've been consuming in between episodes. That includes movies, TV shows, books, video games, etc. Uh, just stuff that, you know, we don't have room to fit on the podcast, but still want to talk about because we're having fun with it. Um, so I'll go first. Uh, with me, it's pretty short, uh, this week. Uh, I, I finished up Witcher Blood Origin, which is something I started at my aunt's house, but I, I never got to finish myself. Uh, I enjoyed it. Michelle Yeoh was cool. Um, not really super interested, but it was, it was alright. Um, I'm not really, I, ever since I found out, like, all the stuff about, like, how the, the writers are treating the source material, I kind of checked out of The Witcher. But, I, but the show was cool when I just looked at it as a fantasy show. Um, I, enjoy, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, finished up Sweet Tooth, uh, another one I started at my aunt's that uh, I didn't get to finish, mostly because I did not want my uncle asking me a million questions while watching the show because I read the comic and he's like, so did this happen? Did that? No, shut up. Let me watch the show. Um, oh, God. So, watch season two. Uh, fantastic show. Hopefully we'll get to cover that show on the podcast at some point. Uh, Tony, uh, you in particular, I would highly recommend checking out the comic because you are a fan, uh, you are a huge fan of, uh, Lemire's run on Animal Man. And, uh, Sweet Tooth is, uh, his creator-owned work. And, uh, a lot of the themes of family and loss and, uh, particularly a lot of the stuff that, uh, Maxine and, uh, I forget Buddy's son's name, uh, but, uh, to be fair, never really liked that kid. Anyway. But uh, it, it uh, like a lot of the, the the growing pains that you see Maxine and her brother go through uh, very much are reflected in um, in Tooth and a lot of the the child uh, characters and the kids in this show. Man, it is really hard to find good child actors, but there are so mm -hmm. many good child actors in this show. It is insane the amount of talent. I know here. the. Leads a star is rising because uh, he was definitely one of the high points in. A, I told Jay this off camera, but Cocaine Bear. Yep. <laughs> he's in Cocaine Bear and he's one of the highlights. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah. So, so Sweet Tooth is a is a fantastic show. Uh, as a fan of the source material, uh, I cannot wait to see a third and final season. Um, it's wrapping up to be a very very good show. I wouldn't say it's like on the level of Sandman as like a perfect adaptation, like how I feel about that show uh, as in like perfect as in like the changes are stuff that I don't mind I do have a problem with some of the changes so but that's just me being a comic nerd and I I, I can't turn that off sometimes. Uh, so it, mm. you know what, what can you, you do what can you do um, you but uh so yeah there's 
that. Um, what other stuff have I been termed of media consumption? Uh, I started to reread. Uh, uh, I started to reread the uh, the Percy Jackson series, and I'm probably gonna pick up the audiobooks and uh, from Audible at some point. Uh, hashtag not spawned yet. Audible. Uh, I, I've mentioned this for free uh, in the last episode, but myself, Brian, and Tony all use your service. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hey, if you wanna, if you wanna kick us a little, you know, one of the, one of those, you know, free month like little little code thingies, you know, yeah, we we just, we already use it, you know, and you know, we 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 swear yeah. by it. It's a service that I absolutely I mean, love. Um, I've listened to the first two audiobooks for Percy Jackson, and I, I have, really like them. I've I, yeah, I've heard the Percy audiobooks are very good. I listened to the audiobooks for not the uh, Percy series, but the uh, the sequel series, the Heroes of Olympus. I listened to those audiobooks, and those were fantastic. Um, and uh, apparently, they use the same cast. Nice and uh, speak. Speaking of, I'm not mistaken, but didn't the latest just come out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I haven't been keeping up with uh, with the Trials of Apollo uh, series, but uh, I read well, the this first. This is not one. Uh, Trials of the Apollo. Not Trials of Apollo. Oh, the, the, oh there's another. There's, a, there's another uh, Percy's. Oh. This is the one about a uh, Hades kid. All oh, right, the Nico one. I forgot. Yeah, you mentioned. I need to check that one out. Nico is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, I definitely. It's um. Need to read them. Yeah, it stars him and one other person. Yep, probably his boyfriend. Uh, yep, 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 yep. That makes sense. Uh, but yeah, very excited. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta check that one out. Now. I gotta look up what that one's called. And I'm, uh, I'm a da- I might use my next credit on that. For, uh, I might delay reading the Thrawn series to check that one out. I'm, I'm really, I'm really invested uh, in that particular character. Uh, you think it's uh, something in the sun or the sun end? Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll check it out and I'll, uh, I'll report back. Uh, in next week's episode, uh, if uh, actually it's, uh, it'll be a couple weeks before my I get my next Audible credit. But uh, when I get my next Audible credit, again hashtag not spawned, uh, I will be using it to get uh, that book, and uh, I'll, I'll report back uh, to see how I feel about it uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, oh, damn, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, um, what's up, Brian? That's a very cute title. Okay. The sun and the star. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. That's a, that's nice. I'm gonna, that's awesome. I'm, gonna have, I'm gonna definitely have to check this one out. Is it only one book so far? Yeah. Oh, okay. Easy. Yeah. My next audible credit is definitely going to that. All right. So, uh, Brian, uh, what have you uh, been checking out uh, in between episode podcast episodes? Well, um, after it took me a while to watch Kitty longer than I thought because I got more invested in it, and also uh, this last Sunday I came down with a migraine and didn't want to do anything. Called Understandable. I get you, fam. Having migraines, but um, this is a bitch. Yep. Um, but I did watch one other show. Um, it's called uh, Not Dead Yet. It's um, it stars uh, Gina Rodrigo. Gina Rodriguez from yeah, uh, from, from yeah, Jane the Virgin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, Jen, uh, yeah. So Gina Rodriguez. Okay. Uh, what what is this on? Uh. I watched it on Hulu. I know it's on one of the big networks. I okay, need to pull so, it up. So just uh, you could just say Hulu. Hulu's fine. I watched it on Hulu. Uh, if we, I showed the trailer a while back, but uh, it didn't look good. Ah, it, it's uh, where uh, she can see dead people. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I do remember that trailer now. So how was it? But that. That, that trailer was misleading. Mm-hmm. It is a lot better than the trailer gave it credit for. Um, 
basically the plot about it is that uh, she becomes an obituary writer and uh, while she's on the case of a certain person uh, their ghost talks to her and uh, like it's one of those things where uh, they kind of help her with her life yeah yeah so so, because her life is crumbling Um, so it's kind of like that uh, that uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt show where where she was a where she was a medium that one was more of a mystery where she was trying to solve their murder ah yeah Mm. this one this one is um the people are dying just from like accidents or heart attacks okay but they help her with her uh current situations going on okay so 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 kind of what she deals with helping these people kind of like finish their unfinished business helps her deal with her like emotional baggage lifestyle okay cool Mm. yeah and um it's each episode is like 30 minutes it's um the start of the show is uh is kind of similar to um if you remember that older show um happy endings hey i remember happy it endings. was like they took like a cursed like a flipped ending on a rom-com mm-hmm. and that's how they started okay well uh this one starts with her um having left home and her dream job as a journalist to go to england to follow a guy to get married and live happily ever after and then but that and then... didn't work out so now so now five years later she's coming back trying to pick up her life while her like best friend has had two kids and gotten married and all that and the world has moved on without her but now she's coming back trying to pick herself up again i can relate to that i can relate to that um her not the seeing dead people part unfortunately yeah uh her her best friend is uh actually played by uh cc from um new girl oh cool the other leading girl that wasn't Cat Dennings? you know no 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 no, um, no, 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 no. No, I, no, I was thinking. No, no, the Cat Dennings one is too broke girl, head girl. It, it also had on the side. Uh, Zoe, uh, Zoe, yeah, Zoe Deschanel. Deschanel. Yeah, Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, she was the lead that was lead female that wasn't Zoe Deschanel. Yep. Mm. And uh, Jay, you'll you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, her boss mm-hmm. is actually someone that you know. Okay. Uh, Dina from Superstore. Oh shit! Really? I th- that actress is really fucking funny. She is, and she's playing. Com- completely different from from dina also she does she, she's, she's not playing like the hard ass oh man okay, cool. got, well, I, know, I know she's got range she's kind of a little bit hard ass to the main character but she's also like a, a nepo baby business woman oh okay given the company because her father runs things gotcha. she's got bleach blonde hair oh, oh that, that's different that's different yep and dresses in suits all the time Good also her, um, glad to see she's getting more work her mm-hmm. also um the ghosts themselves they since they only have to be in one episode a lot of them are like uh familiar faces from tv or character actors um nice. ed bagley jr um the the lead female from uh cheers the, oh cool the one with curly hair yeah yeah, yeah. i i know what you're talking uh, about she also voices uh sid on bad batch oh yeah you know now that you say it i i knew i recognized that voice mm-hmm. cool cool also jay uh one of the ghosts is a uh, Britney Snow. Oh, sweet. She, she she has a bad she she has a bad like not necessarily curse, but like every time she's in a show, I like it, but it never lasts past a Well, this one has already been renewed for season 2. Yeah, but she was only a ghost, so that doesn't count. Yeah, and uh the main the main ghost, well not the main, but the first and like most uh prominent ghost on the show mm-hmm. is uh played by the principal from um Sub- 
Sabrina. Oh, cool. The original. Yeah. Nice. All right. So also, uh, uh, what also what as a got? side note, well, also as a side note for this show, uh, she has a roommate, and uh, her roommate is um, an actor called uh, Rick Glassman. Okay. Which um, he's a semi-popular um, autistic actor. Oh, cool. Um, like he he is autistic, and in the show he plays autistic, but it's real autistic and not Hollywood autistic. Oh, cute. Like oh. honestly, the reason the reason why I uh, like checked out the show in the first place mm-hmm. was because um, a uh, autism activist that I follow online uh, she she was going on diatribe about uh, about how bad uh, the good doctor is. I, so it's bad, but I I I can't help but not Whoa. like but like that show. Sean is just a really likable character. What the autism superpower thing is annoying, but yeah. but well, it, but, Sean, but Sean's character journey I still feel like is very well done. Have you watched the recent season? I have oh. not. I fell I fell off. I fell off hard because uh, apparently he gets really bad. Like. I, I've heard, I've heard, which is why I didn't bother and, picking uh, it back up. But uh, while she was talking about this, or talking about the good doctor, she talked about how much she'd love the representation in Not Dead Yet. Okay, cool. And so I was like, huh, well, let me finally give it a shot. It's only 13 half-hour episodes, so I gave it a shot, and I actually really did like it. All right, cool. It, I don't know if we can cover it or not, because it is kind of episodic with the whole ghost thing, mm-hmm. but I did enjoy it. Okay, Like, cool. genuinely. Nice. And the only other thing that I watched was uh, um, the premiere of a uh, of, uh, web series, uh, Candela Obscura. What is that? It's um, the first, one of the first um, things produced by uh, Critical Role that uh, isn't uh, Dungeons and Dragons. It's based on their own, one of their own systems that their publishing company, Darrington Press, is producing. Oh, cool. Uh, one of their two upcoming, they have two upcoming games, and this is uh, using one of them, uh, Illuminated Worlds, their D6 system. Mm-hmm. But this is um kind of steampunk, dark steampunk, um kind of similar to um Blades in the Dark. Yeah, but but uh in the main in the like game you all play investigators that are working for a secret organization and it gets a little bit more into the horror element. Okay, it's cool. It's kind of it's kind of Lovecraftian without Lovecraft, like instead it's a uh, like alchemist and it's like things that are bleeding from other universes are coming into ours. Interesting. These investigators are there to investigate it. <laughs> oh, uh, real quick. Some working for this uh-huh. secret organization, some not. And uh, one of the big like downsides for Critical Role is like how long it is mm-hmm. and how many like if you want to watch it you gotta oh, yeah, you, watch you, you all gotta, yeah you gotta episodes. go all the way back yeah well Can- candela obscura is meant to be like um you can pop in and watch one pop out um i know it's going for at least three and the first it's the first arc that's what they're calling it has uh matt dming but they've said that other people will come into dm and that this seems like it's going to be a new thing that they add to their repertoire okay. um and it's going to be instead of uh instead of once a week it's going to be once a month nice okay because because uh, when uh, when Critical Role first uh, started doing Campaign 3, they changed it so that the last week they weren't doing anything and they said it was going to be for a break. But now, a few months into the year, now that uh, fourth fourth Thursday of the month, they're doing this instead of the main campaign. Oh, and okay. uh, and uh, I don't know if they're going to continue it or if this was just a special thing for the first episode, but at least for the first episode, everyone is dressed in character. Oh, that's dope. I like that. Including... Uh, 
one one guy who has like a really high top hat. Oh, sweet. Always respect Sal. Because he knows steampunk. Yeah. Um, real quick before but we jump to that's Tony. That's I watch. Um, I, I, you mentioning a web series made me uh, remember uh, that uh, recently I uh, did watch uh, the latest episode of Hell of a Boss with, uh, our, with our good buddy David. Shout out to David if you're listening. Or watching the video. Um, what up? Uh, but yeah, a great episode. More messy Blitz-Solis relationship drama. Uh, very cool Western action scene. Uh, it reminded me a lot of uh, Rango. You guys have ever seen that obscure uh, Western Johnny claymation Depp. Johnny Depp animated movie where he played a uh, lizard outlaw? Fantastic underrated gem, in my opinion. Uh, that was a great little film. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's pretty much it for me. So Tony, what uh, what have you been watching in between uh, or just media you've been consuming in between podcast episodes? Well. Technically, I have two notable things that I want to talk about. Okay. And one of them was tangentially related to one of the things you talked about, Jay. All right. I finally finished and read through Swamp Thing Green Hell. Nice. Uh, for those of you that want to know this excellent uh, little comic here, it is a great Swamp Thing miniseries. And it's done by DC's Black Label. Yep, which is essentially their... It's not a replacement for Vertigo, but it's the uh, it's the new uh, adult label. Yeah, because Jay pointed out, since I love horror stuff in general, and I love uh, Jeff Lemire's uh, comic work, like his run on Animal Man in the New 52, I actually enjoyed Scott Snyder's Swamp Thing more than I did his Batman run i so i Which, uh j- j- just well, just right just small tangent uh <laughs> you know scott if you happen to be listening uh j- just uh you know love your work man but i've always said this about you dude i love all your horror work infinitely more than any of your cape stuff um witches is absolutely fantastic highly recommend that when is that next volume scott <laughs> Uh, we only got what? one. Uh, uh, which part? Uh, which is, in- is fantastic. American Vampire is one of the best vampire comics I've ever read. That one, I think, needs to be a TV show at some point. Um, it's begging for it. Um, I know at least, um, apparently, I think we're still getting a Witches Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I know, I, I know Scott has a deal like with substack to or, or i think not Substack, amazon to make mm-hmm. my witches as a to which super excited for that uh but yeah yeah no, highly recommend uh checking out any of scott snyder's uh independent uh horror comics uh mm-hmm. Or any of his, like, Vertigo uh, DC horror release. He's a really great horror writer. Um, Just, but the... But for Swamp Thing Bring Hell, uh, I love this kind of story of Alec Holland rediscovering his humanity, but it's through the fuck shit of the, of the green, the red, and the rot. Yeah, and and it's also like uh, you know him him right. sacrificing like kind of like his happy ending in order to kind of fulfill not his destiny but like kind of just you know his obligation to the world. Definitely, really, it, it's really interesting. It, it's a good character study. Me, it seems to me it could be just the way that it's drawn and the fact that uh, John's hair is blonde. But correct me if I'm wrong, Jay. Constantine looks and feels old. He, so 
The interesting thing about this, right, uh, New 52 John is significantly the 8, but the original yeah. John Constantine that uh, went through all of Hellblazer actually aged in real time, and by the end of it, I want to say he was in his late, like, mid to late 60s, so by, uh, if this continues the re the like the the, re the real triumph tradition of the original Constantine, which from you know I, I read the series as well and I I think it does. Uh, he I think is in his early seventies uh, at the okay. time of the series. Okay, I just really like the idea of old John just coming in to try to help Alec. Oh yeah, and um you know it's it's, it's a it's a it's a full well. cir it's a very full circle thing because you know for mm -hmm. for people who you know, aren't aware. Uh, you know, that is actually where John made his first appearance as a, as a Swamp Thing comic. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, it's only fitting that, like, the, the last hurrah for Swamp Thing, because that's kind of what this is. It's very similar to how, like, Alan Moore um, ha has, um, you know, done this for a couple characters in DC, where, uh, you know, what happened, uh, what do you get for the uh, for the man who has everything? But Superman is supposed to be the last, uh, you know, one of the last Superman stories. Uh, I forget what the, whatever happened to the Cape Crusader is supposed to be the last Batman story. Um, he also wrote Killing Joke as well. You know, what if it's the last Joker story? That kind of thing. It, it's uh, it's in that same kind of vein uh, but for Swamp Thing and uh, I also really... It's uh, built a lot of pathos and catharsis. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know exactly what I mean. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially uh, in uh, issue 3. Yeah, I mean issue 3 is definitely uh, like the culmination. It's uh, it's, uh, it's only a three issue series. Uh, very easy to read. Uh, if, you're, mm -hmm. if you're a comic fan and uh, you like Vertigo... Uh, you like Swamp Thing in particular. Uh, highly recommend it if you haven't checked it out already. Uh, very, very good. It, it, it's a high recommendation on my end. Uh, it's just same for me as well. Uh, I mean, I mean that's that's why I I made sure as soon as I read the first issue, I was like, Tony, you got to pick this up. Like, uh, it, it, it's one of those like uh, I, I I would feel like I was a bad friend if I didn't recommend recommend this to you know, to Tony as soon as I read it. Yeah, and since I don't necessarily have that local of a comic store nowadays. It's good for me to actually just purchase things online and Amazon. Shout out to Bezos because he actually did an awesome thing. I was <laughs> able to find uh, all three issues at a relatively good price. Nice. For what yeah, because um, uh, so so like in shop because the because the, uh those issues are oversized, so like mm -hmm. uh the, they cost no, more than your average cost single issue uh like at least for me. So I'm glad you were able to find them for cheap. Not necessarily cheap per se, but affordable. Yeah, yeah. I would say affordable because, like you said, Jay, though them some thick boys. Yep, yep. But the art in this comic phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah. No, we're worth the, the art itself. Beautiful. Is worth the price of uh, price of admission alone. Um, mm -hmm. But just the expressions on these characters look great, and it hits this uncanny valley at times, especially with John. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but but but, but before we get too lost in the the weeds things, uh, is it anything else you want to anything else you uh, want to talk about uh, in terms of screen time before we jump into Exo Kitty? Yeah, this is horrible. I'll make it fast. Okay. Finally watched Renfield. Nice, nice. Great, great movie. Nick Cage hams it up like he normally does and it's amazing he plays a great dracula and it's more inspired by the bella lugosi dracula than anything. yeah I, I i got that vibe from the trailer when we react to the trailer it's directly it's uncanny because they recreated scenes from uh the original universal dracula nice with, uh, 
the cage and nice. it's amazing oh sweet it's uncanny that they got actors that are very similar in facial structure and appearance to bella lugosi and the gentleman who played renfield in yeah. the universal uh dracula but it's weird to and entertaining to have a dracula film that focuses on the dichotomy of renfield and dracula as an abusive relationship yeah yeah um, and aquafina didn't piss me off in this movie nice uh th- that's always a plus honestly she... an awesome character in this movie the only the only time where i've like you know the only time where she hasn't annoyed me out uh, uh in, a, in a in a role that she's played is in shang chi that's the only that's the only movie where i've i, I enjoyed her in i really did not that's like definitely her best role i did not i did not like that dragon movie whatsoever uh, no, personally. And fun fact if you know your horror novels, uh, she, her, her character's last name is Quincy. What? Mm-hmm. And for oh, those of you who know, uh, there's a character in the Dracula novel who has the surname of Quincy. Yeah, yeah, he was one of, he was one of the suitors. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he was. And, uh, nice. it's, Fucking insanity! That's cool. I I really like. Enjoyable movie. Uh, where? So where is this on? Did you did you just rent it on Amazon? Purchased it through uh, Amazon. Okay, I'm gonna video. I'm gonna have to to check that out then. They're doing this thing with uh, movies that were initially in theaters but come out digitally before they actually hit. Yeah, yeah. We we did that. We did that with the Mario movie last week. Actually, Uh, we rented it on our. uh, We rented it on our uh, TV. Um, yeah, it's, very, it's a very similar approach because uh, I was debating whether to watch, oh, to purchase Renfield or uh, Evil Dead Rise because I love the Evil Dead series as a whole. In fact, my favorite film of all time is the original The Evil Dead. So I'm going to definitely have to check that one out at some point for sure. Uh, oh, maybe, yeah, indeed. Maybe like closer to Halloween, but yeah. It's awesome. we, might, we, might, we, might cut, we might do it as a Halloween special down the line or something. Uh, yeah, we'll, um, we'll table that. Fucking insanity. Unless um, the new Flanagan show comes out. That's also true. That's also apparently, before he before he leaves Netflix, he has one more show in the works. Oh shit! That reminds me. I did watch one other thing. I didn't finish it, but I started it, <laughs> and it was uh, it was anthology related because we've been talking about horror. I finally checked out Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosity. Um, I watched the first three episodes, enjoyed them, but my 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 cousin uh who she likes horror but she is admittedly a little bitch bitched out on me and was like let's watch something else and then that's how she act uh, f- funny oh enough he was God. like let's watch xo kitty i was like well i'm covering this for the podcast anyway so fuck it <laughs> so actually a great transition into uh us ac- yeah. jumping right into the conversation of xo kitty uh now as i mentioned at the top of the show and it, uh, it has been quite some time so i forgive you audience if you forgot uh we're structuring this discussion as a ship base so we are going to uh tackle the di- the different pairings and talk about their beginning point and their end point uh th- that ship's impact on the story and uh you know basically kind of just you know tally up the, the the good and the bad and then you know table that for later and then by the end we talk about who we think deserves to be the otp now i'm the first one i want to talk about right off the bat is a couple that is detached from the entire 
now you're running uh because it has nothing to do uh, th this this ship surprisingly is not connected to our lead at all but it is an important relationship in the show and that is of course the relationship between q and florian i'm gonna start off with them uh, um so um, yeah uh, uh, by the way uh <laughs> sorry just a real quick jump in uh due to the structure and everything uh spoiler alert oh yeah yeah spoiler alert as well uh nor I, I would normally include the include the spoiler alert time effect but i really i i don't want to i don't want to fuck with the audio uh the audio only uh listeners i i had to do a lot of finagling sound mix wise to make sure that wasn't like ear ear bleedy uh so i'm just not gonna include that sound effect for uh in future episodes for future reference uh but yeah spoiler alert for sure uh let's go, let's, let's go ahead and talk about it so uh i'll i'll, I'll start us off uh, uh then, then I'll, I'll pass it off to you guys um i really like q and florian and uh you know i think they're really cute uh they're very emblematic of this theme of puppy love and infatuation that is you know of course very very common among teenage relationships mm -hmm. uh but mm -hmm. the the thing that I really enjoy is uh, the end point for them. Oh, uh, we're gonna because uh, um, you know something uh, for for the YouTube audience. Something that, that uh, you know, Bry and I uh, decided to change for uh, this iteration of the podcast is uh, you know uh, I and you know this was a habit I had in my in my videos. Uh, I used to I called them reviews all the time, but if I look back at my old videos, one of the things at least uh, in my earlier stuff, I didn't do this as much. Uh, in the later portion because I always in the later in my later videos I would say recap and review but uh, I would call them reviews but I would mostly just recap the, the event of the episode and mm -hmm. I re uh, you know we realized that like with this podcast you know if you're listening to a whole podcast about the show you watch the damn show you don't need us to repeat the event so we're gonna skip a lot of the middle and the fluff and talk about like the, the, the important stuff relevant to the discussion so uh, the, the end point the funny thing is mm -hmm. the funny thing is is i think one of our first episodes where we did this was a twitch only because oh right it was kaleidoscope wasn't yeah. it yeah or no i was saying did it in this unfamiliar format oh uh, yeah right right that 90s show yeah yeah i was high as fuck um uh, 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 look, I'm okay. I'm okay to say it. it was in the spirit of the show. I was high as fuck. Um, and it's legal. So, like, who's gonna get in trouble? Um, but yeah. Um, but back to, back to Q and Florian. Um, the, the really, uh, like I said, I, I'm really, I think they're very emblematic of the, uh, infatuation and, uh, puppy love of, uh, that is very common in teenage relationships. Um, obviously, you know, very good, positive, uh, gay representation as well. Um, mm -hmm. you love to see it. Uh, no, neither character is a flamboyant stereotype, which is super nice. Like, yeah, Flo uh, Q has a little bit of the, the, the GBF vibe, you know, that mm -hmm. you get in the stereotypical teen gay best friend. But, like, it's not played up enough where that's his entire character, so I can excuse it. Um, I, know, but, mm -hmm. I also love the I was just gonna say <laughs> Oh yeah, Q is very sassy. I, 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 enjoy, I, I enjoy that. I, I yep. respect the character. 
also major sass master. Also, in an interesting twist, that not only being the sass master and kind of the JBF, he's also the show's jock. Yeah, he's the yeah he is the he is the athlete. He's here on an athletic scholarship, uh, and uh, you know that leads me into my discussion of his end point, which I think is the most interesting point of uh, Q and Florian's mm-hmm. relationship, uh, where we mm-hmm. end off the season because uh, due to this uh, deep infatuation and uh, you know eventual love that blossoms between the two of them, uh, very much like a lot of us in uh, you know the, uh, the the prime of our youth, uh, you know to, to to anime terms, the springtime of our youth. Uh, when you experience love for the very first time, you get lost, and uh, unfortunately mm-hmm. for Florian, this means he uh, neglected his study. Now, uh, and it ended up as like a catch twenty two. You know, he neglected his studies because he fell in love. But in order to stay with the man he loves, he has to get good grades to stay at the school. And so Florian had to make a decision and compromise his morals by cheating on the final uh, in order to get good enough grades to pass, which in turn, you know, fucks with Day, who, uh, like, normally has the top spot in the class because Day is your common, you know, the common trope of the uh. the hard worker who, like, is lower class but has to, you know, work, work his way up. So, you know, that, of course, affects Q, and Q being the upstanding, hardworking athlete, he's all about sportsmanship and fairness and always been a very fair person to everyone on the show, interact with it, why he's such an endearing character. So he has this moral conflict of, you no. Know, and Well, mm-hmm. it gets even more so because um, you kind of underplayed it there. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Day, day uh, isn't usually the number one. He has to stay the number one for his scholarship. Ah. It's a thing of his personal scholarship. Mm-hmm. Oh, I did, see, I, I, so, I, see, I didn't realize the has to part. Oh, mm-hmm. that that's, I missed. That's what they were discussing uh, when uh, Day found out that he didn't have the number one. Oh, um, that I so, missed. So now Florian, so now, sorry, Q, has to decide if he wants to keep his best friend or his boyfriend. Ooh, that's, that's messy. I, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be a through line throughout uh, tonight, uh, you know, this week's episode, folks. Uh, but but yeah, uh, the, uh, the the mor- the moral conflict is just very interesting. Uh, I, I, I really mm-hmm. am uh, curious to see where Q goes, uh, especially, like you said, Brian, uh, his friendship with Day, uh, we, as we've seen, is very, very important to him. Well, um, also, they don't come out and say it specifically, but at the very end, when when uh, Q is finding out that uh, that Kitty is leaving. He says, "I'm gonna need my matchmaker." So is that hinting that him and Florian broke up? Yep. Yeah, it could be a thing. Um. So yeah. Uh. uh that is. Uh. You know. Th- that's the one. That is the. Um. That's the relationship that's the most attached. Another detached relationship. Uh. That isn't connected to our lead directly, but is still very important. And uh, this one's gonna be uh, a little quicker because uh. We can't really go into too much detail because it connects to a, a main main plot line, but I, I want to touch on it because it is important. Uh, it is mm-hmm. the relationship between uh, Principal Lim and Professor Daniel Lee. Mm-hmm. I oh, love boy. this. So this mm-hmm. is a classic brought to life because um, and this is also just something that I really appreciate about the 
this show um because uh one of and you know i as i've, I've helped tony with his own project and his own writing uh i've talked ad nauseum about how much i despise teen related media for perpetuating this unrealistic stereotype of your first love being the one that works out um and i i really really like the fact that with Lim and Lee, it has all the hallmarks of your stereotypical they're the one kind of thing. But they didn't work out in the end. So, uh, like, she, uh, you know, she distanced herself so that uh, she wouldn't hold him back and he could, uh, he would get to live his dream. But that shit didn't work out in the end. Uh, but it's also mm-hmm. realistic in the fact that, like, there is hope for them in the future because the thing is, as you grow up, it's an old cliche, but it's cliche because it's true. If you love something, you let it go. And eventually, mm-hmm. if it's meant to be, you can find your way back. And it seems to be that is that, that's the direction they're building for Lee and Lim. Mm-hmm. And to be and honestly, I am really rooting for these. Yeah. Also, you talk about the whole uh, if you love something, let it go, and the first love being here forever yep. kind of are both themes for the movies. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, like it, 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 so uh, it they've it, already it, got that precedent in you. So to subvert it in more ways than one, and we'll get to that, uh, is uh, is a really good. Um, which, uh, by the way, just as a note, um, the principal is the other is another actor that American audiences will recognize. Okay, uh, she was lost. Oh, that's where she's from. Yep. I thought I had seen her somewhere. I did too, so I googled it. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Um, play private investigator and figuring out. But uh, but yeah, so 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 that's real. Uh, that's that relationship. Obviously, we'll talk more about Alex. Uh, that's actually who I wanted to talk about next, uh, because while this isn't a romantic relationship, uh, I think this relationship itself is important mm-hmm. to is very mm-hmm. important to our lead because it served as a primary catalyst for a lot of the story. Um, so the next relationship we're going to talk about, who obviously isn't in the running for OTP because ill, um, yeah, ew. No. is uh, Alex and Kitty. Um, Which, um, just as a quick side note, you were talking about. Uh, like, uh, glad they didn't go that route. When I first saw him and saw oh, how man. young he was, oh, no, dude, 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 like, dude. Uh, so, so this is a re- this is a really funny story. So, uh, to to give you to give you guys uh, like a pe- another peek behind the curtain. Um, you know, long long time listeners of the podcast and viewers of the channel know that Brian and I love to text each other during uh during our watches of mm-hmm. uh, of these shows, mm-hmm. just because we got into the habit. Because you know, we we formed a group chat with uh, uh with my girlfriend at the time and our friend mimi uh, so we, we, we got we also got just sometimes yeah and, and just in, watching and, the show you need to vent yeah and just in general uh, especially because you know we were both we're both reviewers so we, we we'd love to we'd love to talk about shit that we cut co- we both mutually covered so anyway we were doing that and uh, i had uh i was farther than brian at the time uh so i would i texted some vague i texted some vague shit like okay i feel i i call i think I've called the plot twist. I figured it out. Okay, cool. And so Brian's like, okay, what's the plot twist? And then uh, I, one of my one of my favorite texts that I got from Brian in the in the early portion was, "Oh my God, please don't tell me they're doing a teacher crush." Okay, no, never mind. So that's the twist you were talking about. And I was like, not exactly. Wait for it. Wait for it. Oh no 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 no! It's 
sad. Okay. Yeah. So that was just a really it's fun exchange. Still, the fact that they never did that. Yeah. That very nice. Because I gotta tell you. I gotta tell you. Just no. I. I dude, Brian. <laughs> I understand. We we we've been through. Peek it. behind Whoa. the curtain here. Uh, that is one of the most. I'd say. Hated ships of all time from us. Oh, Ezria. Ezria. Yeah, Ezria. Um, and any like, any of the PLL audience from YouTube, you understand. I, I I've I've went on several. You know, I, I did a few Pretty Little Liars review episodes. Uh, the big ones being the finale and other you know other stuff like that. Uh, and uh, man, I have made my Ezria hate very vocal. Uh, I've never and, liked the student teacher relationship. Uh, you know, even even when we covered Dare Me on the uh, audio version of the podcast, uh, you know that that's the entire premise of uh, of the show, and uh, you know, but the the whole but point, Dare me, yeah, 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 the whole point was to frame the uh, the teacher as the villain, though. And the interesting part about Dare Me is the teacher was a female, so it really that show and itself the was a female, and the show itself confronts the double standard of how, you know, female teachers mm -hmm. are treated in these kinds of situations. That's neither here nor there. We go into a much, much Ez further depth. Ezria, mm -hmm. they meet at a bar. Yep. What was it? The day before school started? Yep. And like, she lied about her age. They have a quickie in the back room. And, and then, uh, yep, and 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 then he realized, and then she's, and then he's just like, oh fuck, she's my student. I fucked my student. Oh fuck. And instead of doing the logical thing of like, okay, she lied about her age. That was fucked up. I'm just never gonna do that again. He keeps it going, and it's just like, and then they end up well, fucking married by that, the end. In, and I'm just like, uh, the, the long game. They were in game. Yeah, the fact that they get married at the end is okay, what pisses hold, me off. Hold the fuck on. Hold the fuck on. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You're bullshitting. No, nope, it. I, nope. I, I, I wish I was. I, I Who truly. Who that cocaine? Uh, that, Marlene that King. Yeah. Marlene King. And and this is this is the same this is the same show who took the fan favorite couple and divorced them off screen that yep. we talked about earlier. Yep. Same exact show. Yep. Done. Yep. I'm done. No, yeah, so so are we. We 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 were we were fre we were fed up in here with this. And just the last thing about PLL, I think we've mentioned it before, but the uh, like D and D equivalent of the BBEG was the evil twin sister of one of the leads with a very bad British accent. Oh, also just just tangential tangential no. side note to actually tie it uh, to a relevant topic. Uh, to the relevant topic. Sorry. Uh, with Pretty Little Liars. No, it's okay. we're, we're, we're reeling it back in because uh, fun fact for y'all, uh, Margot, the older sister that is briefly mentioned in XO Kitty is actually played mm -hmm. by a Pretty Little Liars alumni, Janelle Parrish, who was the original and unarguably, unequivocally the best uh, main bad guy A of Pretty Little Liars. Don't at me. Mona was amazing. Uh, Mona Vanderwall, iconic teen drama villain. But 100%. Indeed. One thing I will say, let's just push aside the stupidity that y'all told me, and let's actually to get back to Exo Kitty yeah. in this 
relationship between Alex and Kitty. Yeah. I really like this whole mystery of, like, Alex knew that Lee was his dad and that like, Kitty to have yeah. this misconception. And, 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 the- I, and, I, and I really like uh, him trying to make that connection with Lee. Mm-hmm. And at, at, at first, you think it's because he admires Lee as the tenured, experienced professor because Lee is very good at his job. And Alex mm-hmm. is very in over his head. So uh, at first, you think it's like a... To, to, to compare to another uh, favorite TV show of mine, at first, you think it's like a Dr. Cox JD type situation. Situation mm-hmm. where he's looking for a mentor yeah and he is, that is. but you know that we find out there's we, more to it mm-hmm. that, that, that is until we offhandedly mentioned that he's glad that he never had kids yep which yep. and alex gets a little too upset about that yep and yeah. and yeah. that's when i t- and when i saw that that's when i texted brian yeah i called it <laughs> like yeah. and he, he had no idea what i called but i called it <laughs> exactly you know exactly head when I was watching that, what? I was like, what? yo, motherfuckers are actually trying to do this. Okay, I'm invested in this mystery, because I actually like Alex. Oh, He's no, a- Al- Alex is a is such a lovable character. Yeah, Alex is such a lovable character. He's my age, and... Let me tell you, that was a alien goober. Let me let me tell you, that itself was kind of just a, a a punch in the gut for me because you know, as someone who's consumed a lot of teen media, you know, mm-hmm. there have mm-hmm. been a lot of like iconic teachers, you know, and 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 faculty members as as, as cast members yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But but the fact that 1993 was on his birth bracelet, and I was like, wait a minute, I was bo- oh my god, I. I'm old enough to be a teacher. I'm old enough to be the teacher in one of these shows now. Oh my god, what? Him. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I am old enough to be the young and experienced teacher on a teen show. That's Jones. crazy. If if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the, I think the actor is actually 26. Oh, okay. I mean- but but you know who's 27? Who? IRL Mina. Oh really? I'm telling you, his flawless skincare routine. Let's be, okay, let's be for real here. People can take great care of their skin, okay? Bro. My white ass. Yeah. Needs but, uh. Oh, man. But, uh, I, anyway. Um, I, got, I, got, I, gotta, to I gotta find his regimen some way, bro. Yeah, like, I, I, I need that regimen. Yeah. But anyways. But, uh, back yeah, to Alex. Alex, though. He kinda, he's kind of like one of those characters that has a bit of that, like, I don't mean this in a negative way. Like, the dog golden retriever type yeah yeah no 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 for sure he he definitely feels like uh he definitely has a very puppy like personality and it's it's what it's uh and brian i mean no offense by this like but as soon as like we really got to know him i was like oh my god i found the brian character dude i'll take that as a positive i i will take I, I will agree with Jay on that. Like, yeah, Alex uh, Flannerty, that's a, that's a Brian. That's like, a Brian. Because, like, nice. I, like the earnestness, but also the like indecisiveness and the you know the bumbling. Oh, so much bumbling! God, it hurts. With all the trying bumbling. to get all the students' attention, but they're just not listening. 
Yeah. Also, oh my but, god, yeah. And, and I like that after the, after the, cause we're spoiling though. We can mm. spoil, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Spoil the main plot some. Mm. Spoiler alert, obviously. But, uh, after the truth is revealed, I do like how he still kind of stays in that brotherly field with Kitty. Yeah. Even though he knows that they're not biological. Yeah. It's that where he looks out for her as a teacher would mm-hmm. and also a potential half-sibling. And it's also kind of just the thing of like, uh, like we, we talked about it like in our uh, intro video for the podcast, which uh, for the podcast channel, which hopefully you two people you have seen. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's similar to us uh, and our friendship in a way where like, you know, they bonded because they went through uh, some shit together of like, you know, trying to piece this together. And even though they made the mistake, they still, they went, uh, that experience, you know, bonded them for life, you know? And mm-hmm. it, yep. because Kitty put so much of herself out there for him, like, they have a real genuine friendship. Uh, so much so that I, one of my favorite parts with uh, Alex uh, is when Kitty's leaving and she, uh, you know, he's like, no, oh, and no more calls from a uh, nightclub, at least until you're 20. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a very dad joke. And I yeah, like, it's a yeah. very dad, very brother kind of thing. Like, you, you still feel mm-hmm. that vibe, and I, I love that that, uh, that remained intact for them. Speaking of dads, he actually got to have that conversation with Lee at the end. Which was fantastic! Oh my god, so much good yeah. development for Lee. Lee, let me tell you, Lee is the is like the sleeper favorite character uh, like that I ended up having of this show. Because like, by the end, it was a complete one. I hated him. Because I had teachers mm-hmm. like him. And I mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. hate those teachers. Like, but, which up their own ass sort of yeah. paints and mm-hmm. paints. And-, and the funny thing is, they freaking called it themselves. Oh yeah. Because even Kitty at one point calls him Snape. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, yeah. Also- and Lee's like, but you know Snape was the good guy in the end. Yeah, yeah. And he was. It, and he was. Yeah. Well, yep. Sure, there are a lot of characters in and, this. Uh, and, and for and for Alex, I do want to also briefly touch on Lee, just real fast. Um, yeah. Uh, because it is relevant to Alex. Uh, I really love uh, Lee's story of him being this hopeful youth who wanted to chase a dream, only to be met by the like crushing reality of life. Yeah. Of, Hard well, reality. Well, that isn't a practical career, and so he gave up the dream and now is bitter and resentful because he's surrounded by youths that remind him of who he should be. And so mm-hmm. he is just such Reliable. a dick. And mm-hmm. you know there are people like this in real life because, you know, if you don't give, you know, time for your own passions and just wallow in it, uh, you end up hating your life and you become depressed and miserable. And you see that in Lee. And that light is reawakened in him when he starts to reconnect more with Lim. Oh, yeah. And, and I love the moment where he said, I don't want to talk to you right now. Mm-hmm. Counted everything. Yep. And I'm too angry to talk to you. And when she even, Lim even said, even though you're angry, we need to talk about it. And like, no. I no and I, even no, more and, so then, we need to talk. And I and I, I love the maturity that is handled between two of them, um, which is another big thing that like a lot of teen shows just don't do. Um, One of my biggest pet peeves with teen shows as somebody that has consumed a lot of teen media over the years is uh, a lot of teen shows either make the parents absent or c- 
completely inept idiot. And uh, Lee and Lim are, whereas Lee is, you know, only really a parent to Alex, but I'm, I'm going to put him in the parent category mm -hmm. here. Uh, Lee and Lim handle things very maturely, all things considered with situation. And I, I really respect that, um, their character. Um, and yeah, Lim, Lim kind of reminded me of, uh, and I don't know if Tony's going to get this reference, but she kind of reminded me of Homegirl from um, Runaways, like the mom, that one mom oh, in Runaways. Oh, Nico's mom? Or, or Chase's mom? Chase's mom. Chase's mom. Yeah, Chase's mom. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I could, I, I could totally see that. Um, um, but yeah, um, oh, oh my god! But yeah, Just Alex, Al Alex was a fantastic character. I really like yeah. his, uh, his uh, yeah, relationship and, uh, with Kitty. You, you were talking about Lee. Just mm -hmm. real quick, um, yep. I do like that we found out that he has a good singing voice. And... Oh my god, he was great! Oh, yeah. Like, and... like if, if we were, if we weren't gonna get, if we wouldn't have, get, uh, if we weren't gonna get struck by Netflix, uh, honestly, I would have played the scene of him singing that song as the intro to the podcast. So uh -huh. But instead, uh, so. Nice. Instead, you just had to, you know, you had to deal with my cover version, which I, I hope you guys, we, I, I had fun with. Um, I joined in, yeah. I, yep. I, I liked it. Um, But uh, I did like the funny note where uh, they're talking at the end, and Yuri says, you've got a good singing voice, yep. and nobody questions how yeah, she knew. Yeah, because, like, that, that was something that I thought was hilarious, because, like, they never got caught. She, and so, like, Lee just, like, Lee just never, we never actually get to see that part of the conversation. Like, wait, what the fuck? When did? Did you hear me sing? Oh, uh, that's yeah, that's, that's great. Um, okay, so there, the, the, there's that one. Uh, so now we we actually get into more relevant relationships with uh with character. Well, oh no, there, there is one oh uh, there is one irrelevant, not connected to Kitty relationship. Uh, but since this character is also in uh in the uh the Kitty tangle web of ships, we'll kind of lump these together, and uh, we'll talk about the character that painfully reminds me of myself in high Mr. Minho. God. Yep. Damn. This, yep. He, yep. This, I did not like him at first. I, ne uh, neither this, did I. And I, 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 I couldn't, no. I couldn't tell why. I couldn't tell why. I was, I was legit like, because he's an asshole? I'm like, no, because I've liked asshole characters in Teen Short. What the fuck is bothering me so much? And then yes. I like, I, 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 was, I, then I thought about it. I was like, wait a second. You messaged it to me. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> he's me, but with you better skin. Yeah. <gasps> While we were, yeah. we were like, holy shit, this is me when I was a teacher. I, I was like, oh my god, I was, I was this bad. I just, yeah. Cause like, I don't have, I don't have the, my parents aren't rich. My parents are, are middle class. You know, we, 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 we definitely you know, struggled at times, but uh, like, uh, so I don't relate to the celebrity parents angle, uh, but you know, uh, one of the things with uh, with my disability, uh, and I, you know, I've, I've talked with this, uh, to Tony about this a lot, uh, is uh, that um, you know because a lot of people look at me ever since I was a kid, uh, be because I was in a wheelchair and I was different, I developed a mentality of well. They're gonna look anyway, so let's Man. give them a show. Yeah. And so I developed this showmanship attitude, which as a teenager manifested into a lot of confidence in myself, uh, but in this insecure 
fake it till you make it personality, uh, which worked on a lot of people because they didn't know who I really was as a person. And that's the part that pisses me off about Minho and why he bothered me so fundamentally. Because <laughs> I know that insecure, fake it till you make it kind of confident because that was me. And well, it pissed me off. He also uh, had a bit of your other side too. They didn't like explicitly stated, but they definitely hinted at it that he had a rotating door of women. Oh yeah, and like the the other the other thing that uh, the other thing that like just reminded me of me is like it turned out he has a heart of gold deep down, and I'm like, oh mm -hmm. man, you really are I, me. I, I remember wanted, I wanted something that separated you from me, but you actually have a heart. Damn it. I, I remember I remember you texting me. You were like, oh my god, I thought Yuri was gonna be the bitch with the heart of gold. It's actually Mino. Yep. No. He is though! <laughs> and I, and like that was also just a part of where I was like, oh my god, you really are just me with better skin and taller. This is not fair. Why? Uh, oh, which is funny because I, I, I was talking to my cousin about this, my cousin who like initially recommended the show to me. And uh uh, you know one of the first you know one of the first things she said to me was like you know I thought he was gay at first which funny enough like relating this back to me uh, is quite honestly something that a lot of people like when they first get to know me one of the first questions they have are dude are you bi because like you know I, I'm very open with like compl complimenting everybody like I, I, I can I can acknowledge I can acknowledge pretty people of all genders uh, but uh, so so like what, 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 a lot of the time when I'm, I'm getting to know a new person, one of the first things I ask is like, "Dude, are you bi or, or, or gay?" Because like you 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 give me that kind of energy, I'm like, yeah, I'll take that as a compliment. Because uh, but like yeah. yeah. Like uh, I've, I've, I've all its forms for mm -hmm. for different reasons. I've gotten that sometimes. Yep, uh, and I think it's because of just how emotional I am. I feel that. Uh, but speaking of emotional, and how empathetic I am. Speaking of emotional and uh, relationships, uh, uh, back to back to Minho. Uh, the uh, the the uh, non-related relationship that I want to discuss is his relationship with Madison. Oh and, yeah. Oh yeah. And again, I related so much to this because I did this I did I, I, I did this a lot uh is when I um I, I'm not gonna name names because you know uh like anonymity and you you never know if they listen uh but I had a huge crush on a friend of mine in high school and uh this friend clearly like I knew he made it very clear and everybody and uh everybody and their mom were like you know you guys should be you guys should get together you guys should be a thing and uh one of her best friends uh um a, a, a very close friend of mine my my, my friend anna yeah, god rest her soul she uh, she was one of the she was one of the people who, who really pushed for this uh my point being i was scared of this because i didn't want a real relationship with somebody i cared about because i was afraid of messing it up and hurting them and ruining that friendship and so in order to avoid that i instead went for meaning hollow physical relationship and confuse that for love and that's what happened with mm -hmm. Minho and Madison um uh, because uh, the, the thing with being that kind of person right and the, 
developing this fake it till you make it mentality uh, is when you fake it long enough, you start to believe the lie. And that's when shit gets dangerous. Uh, you yeah, know, you with Madison, he was faking it for a good majority of the beginning. He was just doing it to avoid his feelings for Kitty. But then he was just like, wait. Maybe I actually like Madison. And then uh, Madison, obviously very similar to me, because I, I had this uh, this problem as well. Um, it, she admitted to him. And I, I've actually said this to people straight up. Like, yeah, you know, I get really caught up in the chase and I enjoy the chase a lot. And uh, sometimes it just happens when it, I, I finally catch you, I lose interest. Like, uh, you know, so I, I really <laughs> relate to Madison in that way a little bit too. Uh, you, know what, you know what cemented something very interesting in uh, Minho's uh, character development, though. Okay. It's the moment where Ocean Park said that, uh, it was essentially like... Well, well yeah, with, well, yeah. Like, like without without directly saying it, he says I slept with your mom. Yeah, he's, and Minho's like, mm-hmm. and that means like, Ugh. you know what, dude? You know, you knew that you couldn't respect somebody that would be that disrespectful. Yep. And, I- and, and then he realized, wait a minute, I've been this disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that conversation he had with Manny and with her just outlining, oh, this was, I thought you knew what this was, that it was more... Yeah, and, and uh, again, I, uh, I really enjoyed this because, like, for me personally, I've been in both situations where I was the mean hoe and the Madison. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, again, minus the rich part. Uh, but, but, yeah. By far, um, the funniest thing I will say about me and Ho, when he had that dream about Kitty, I was just like, when the hold on... Oh my god, that was so great! Because I, I was like, wait, is this? Yeah? Yeah? Aww? Yeah! Is it, is it, is it, is it that Wyland time? Aw oh man, that was the first indication of how messy this shit was gonna get. And I was like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. here for it. I'm here Which, for um, all of it. Back to, back to like messy, but also uh, just real quick, a side note. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that, like Minho, Madison had layers to her. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, when we first meet her, honestly, like Minho, I didn't like her. Yeah. No, but like her organized chaos and just how much like does care. Like the Ocean Park thing wasn't even just to meet the celebrity or whatever. See, I, you can tell that she genuinely cared about the cause. And yeah. mm-hmm. Madison is the type of character that actually uses her powers for good, mm-hmm. uh, which I really appreciate. Like, she, I think the the best thing I can say about Madison, um, because you know we can't, we don't really talk about her because she's not related as deeply in the discussion. The best thing I can say about Madison, which I, I hope we see more about, uh, more from her, she is the most honest character out of this entire cast. Because right mm-hmm. from the jump, she has been like right on front street with how she feels, what she wants to do, and she just goes for it. She is exactly. Pro- oh, she she is at the point in her life where uh, that all teenagers strive to get to eventually where they're just happy with themselves and Madison is fully realized in the fact that she yeah. is um, completely happy with herself. And, uh, yeah, and I know and I 
know that uh, you said we weren't doing that much speculating, but but if we go with messiness and all that, Kitty's gotta stay with three girls next year yeah. in a dorm. Oh, Madison, Juliana, what are the chances and, oh, that one of them is Madison? Dude, I, I think Madison would be a good buffer, and it would lead to some great comedy shenanigans. My yeah, God, it, yeah. That is if uh, they actually follow through with the cliffhanger, though, and oh, yeah. actually well, get Kitty back to. Oh, that. Kit. I mean, look, if they get a season three, there's no way Kitty's not getting like. Yeah, season two, but yeah. Um, but yeah, season two. Because uh, I kept, see, I, I kept thinking season Yuri. three because uh, because there were two movies before this. That's why I, uh, three I thought movies. Yeah, three, before technically. Yeah. Well, no, to all the boys I loved is a trilogy. Yeah, but uh, Minho was only in two. You mean Day? Minho wasn't. Uh, not Minho. Day. Yeah, Day. Name. Okay. I yeah. get what you're saying, but yeah, at, at the end, Yuri's calling her mom. Yep. And so, yeah. Yuri wants to have, like, one of the only genuine friends that she's had, not knowing the messiness behind that. Yep. Um, but, oh, uh, we'll but, get uh, there. Oh, yeah. we'll get but, there. But yeah, with the with the whole, like, uh, um, with, like, the whole Madison thing, uh, I think they did hint at her having a bigger part with the fact that at the end... Yeah, she was part, of the, the she was part of the talent show group. Well, also, she was the person that uh, Kitty confided in, the last person that she had left oh yeah yeah right at the end so yeah so so we'll we'll hopefully get to see that unlikely friendship blossom more uh all right so now now we get into the now we get into the real juice the main ones the main mm-hmm. triangle all right it's a square really let's talk yeah. about this square okay so first things first we gotta talk about the original ship that started uh started mm-hmm. all of it uh day and kitty so First, I want to talk to Brian about this because, you know, in the movies, I think this is amazing because, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we talked about this in the podcast and I, I listened back so I can confirm we did actually say this. Um, like, we thought Day and Kitty was just a one-off joke that was uh, like a running gag between those two movies. And there's so much more deeper connection. We find out, like, that, you no, know, when his mom, di- his mom died, over the over the period of time in between uh like the, the third mm-hmm. movie and exo kitty and she was uh there for him because you know she went through a, she went through a similar thing not necessarily like her mom dying in her teenage years but like her not having her mom around so he helped him like comfort him and helped him adjust to this that new part of his life super important um like mm-hmm. their love is really genuine and real and very sweet and heartwarming has you know like i mentioned before it has all the hallmarks of being the one uh but uh and you know this will spoil my thoughts about the uh the otp stuff but i'll go ahead and just say this right here um i hope they don't get back together because uh one of my absolute favorite scenes of the show and i think it honestly might be my favorite though, is uh the final forgiveness speech that kitty and day have where they talk about their relationship and their love for each other and Kitty says you know no matter what no matter you know where this goes or you know what happens next I want you to know you were the first 
first boy I ever loved. And he responds with the girl I ever loved. And that's the thing and uh, that I find so beautiful about mm -hmm. this show is that very much ever like, you know, when you're that age, you love very hard. And mm -hmm. your first love in particular means a lot. Uh, but mm -hmm. again, they subverted that trope of, you know, the first one being the one. And it didn't work out. But they can still be great friends because that friendship was their the foundation of their relationship. Uh-huh. Yes. And uh, I, I will agree to that too because um, they even, like you talk about subvert expectations, they take one of the most classic dumped upon parody to shit rom-com um, plot points. Like one of the top of all yeah, yeah. time. Yeah, the, the, uh, the whole which, like catty love triangle back and forth no, like the, the friend of no, that's thing. not what I was talking about. Oh, okay. The running to the airport at the last minute. Oh, yeah! That is one of the biggest tropes. Yeah. And uh, they do that, but yeah, the, as he's talking to her, he realizes and yeah. they have this nice, sweet moment, which I didn't cry, but got me very emotional. Oh, yeah, it, it definitely got me emotional. Um, But yeah, I, I can see that, because um, you could tell that um, this was one um, relationship where even, even the little bits that we saw them in the original movie they had really good chemistry together and oh uh, yeah yeah and uh granted you do find out that like in all situations that they weren't showing everything mm -hmm. because they wanted to show the best of them but even when they did find out like all of them they still accepted each other and they came together it was just they're also growing up and yeah, they're and, young and, uh, and, and also like one of the things that uh one of the things that i really enjoy about like Jay and kitty's relationship and again just the show in general uh shows this is uh and i mean this is uh, i mean this in such a positive way it's really it uh, the, the show does a really good job at showing how stupid teenagers are in terms of dealing mm -hmm. with their emotions of uh, like mm -hmm. you know we talked we talked before about minho's avoidant behavior of like you know jumping into these uh meaning uh, a meaningless relationship with madison to avoid his feelings for kitty but day you know as good of a person as day is quote unquote in comparison to minho you know, day is more outwardly the good guy, you know, the guy you should, go, uh, Kitty should go for. But Day is just as guilty <laughs> as Minho because when Day uh, still wants to keep this secret about, you know, Yuri, instead of just being mature and telling Kitty about it, he just, you know, makes out with her to shut her up, uh, essentially. Mm -hmm. And of course, Kitty does the same and, uh, when she has her, uh, when her feelings for Yuri start to start. So again, that's yeah. stupidity. Yeah. And they even, uh, they even mirror with Day one of the plot, the plot of one of the movies, yep. but with a twist. Yep. Because it is a plot in the movie that Laura Jean and Peter, her ultimate endgame, they start as a fake relationship. Yep. Which which is why so, which is why what, what uh, Kitty was able to call it so easily, and why Kitty was like, oh my god, it, this could turn into a real thing because it turned into a real thing with LJ. Oh no, and she's super hot. Like, oh, this is this is not gonna work. I'm in trouble. But, but yeah, they were both stupid, they were both young, and they were both clearly in love, and you tell that the love is real, mm -hmm. but like you said, uh, 
I'm glad that they ended and that they're not getting back together because that's more realistic. And uh, if Day does have an endgame, kind of hope it's a new character. I, you, you know, I'm going to just throw this out there. Just, uh, you know, this is just a shot in the dark. If it's not a new character, I think Day and Madison would be super cute. And again, oh this would be another, uh, what I, uh, the reason I like it is because this would be a realization of what it would be really like if he had a real relationship with Yuri because it would be this rags to riches type of story where he falls mm. in love with the rich girl has to work twice as hard to prove himself but proves himself in the end I think that could make a really really good story and uh, Madison and Day I think I'm, I'm calling it now I, I want it to happen now that I've spoken it into the universe I see where you're coming from with that, but I would just have to politely disagree. Okay. Because sure, treading on some reliance to the racks and riches thing, that would be nice to know. But wouldn't it be more interesting to have someone that can relate to Day to be there for more of what he needs at the moment? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, and I mean, uh, I think I think that uh, that's definitely important to uh, to to what Kitty uh, to what Kitty uh, does. But I I think the interesting thing that that Day that Day can bring to Madison is also uh, just kind of, and I, I think it's something she needs. Somebody to ground her. The reason her and Minho didn't work is because they were on the same level of celebrity. But if she has somebody to really bring her down to earth and to understand things more, it, it really flesh out her character and, you know, make her into a person. With you on that. At least I can see from that perspective. But one thing I just want to say, personally, I would like a new character to just come onto the scene, if not have an already established character there. Because mm -hmm. I would be more interested in a different perspective who is not a part of the initial Oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely... I'm definitely open to a new character. Uh, like uh, I'm, I'm just saying, if it has to be somebody from from, from, uh, from uh, that we already know, Madison is Ma Madison's yeah, probably my point. my best I, bet. Very there, but I just want to see what a new person can bring in Day's life rather than people that he already knew before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, so the, the 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 next segment of the square. Well, um, uh, just a quick thing. Um, uh, Tony's thoughts of uh, Day. Kitty. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was rooting for these kids, man. I, I was rooting for them. I got invested. Everybody <laughs> did, man. I don't know. Honestly, uh, her last scene with Day and her growth as a character made me think of something different, but I'll save that until like the very end of all this. Okay. All right. I, wanna, I just want to encapsulate all of the potential relationships because there's one facet that we probably haven't discussed, but hopefully with enough time for me to actually process my thoughts i can explain it the way i hope i can have it come across okay but i'll cool. leave that for later cool. okay so the next segment of the square i want to talk about yuri and juliana this one's going to be a little bit more brief because of uh, this more so is a segment about yuri and her mom and juliana is more of a plot device uh at least as of right now i'm sure now that she is actually at kiss she will have a more active role uh but uh i really like this angle of just uh the star cross lovers kind of thing and i mean it's very unsubtle with the fact that her name is juliana but you know 
know. Mm. Uh, so. And also, like, I know this is Japanese, but like, I made the joke that she, that Yuri was secretly gay because her name is literally Yuri. Yeah. But like, I didn't expect that to be a real thing. Um. Uh. But yeah, yeah. Um. I, I really like uh the the aspect of uh Yuri and uh, Juliana. Um. They they have mm-hmm. very few scenes together, but the scenes they do have are like electric. Like you can really see the like just a depth of passion and love between these two. Very much in the same way as uh, Kitty and Day. But the difference is, and kudos to both actresses. Like what mm-hmm. I what I personally see with the two of them is uh, they each found someone who finally gets them and lets them be who they really are on the inside. And you know, mm-hmm. they never say that out loud, but every interaction they have speaks that to me. And it j- that just says a lot about those character general. And uh with this, uh before I pass it on to you guys, I just want to briefly kind of touch on um, you know, what you call it, uh Yuri's relationship with uh Gina, uh, her mother. Um mm-hmm. and, you know, we've been calling Lim the whole time because in in the, in that sense we were referring to her as the principal. But now I want to talk to her about her as Gina Yuri's mom. So Gina is a character that I find very interesting because um she is very much hit as she's not a stepmother but she is painted in very much the the wicked stepmother type light uh, she very much comes off like a disney stepmother kind of villain and that's what you see at first and she definitely is not above doing underhanded fucked up things uh to mm-hmm. protect her daughter in her own way but that's the thing right she really does genuinely believe protecting her daughter and when, when she realizes that like because he herself kind of was this beautiful caged animal that held herself back because of their, uh, you know certain circumstance. In Gina's case, it was her having the baby. She gave up on her real love and forced herself into this cage that is this clearly loveless marriage with Yuri's father. Uh, whereas, she married a rich guy. Yep. Yeah, whereas with uh, you know Yuri, Yuri is in this same similar case but in her case it is putting on this appearance to not disappoint her mother and be the daughter that she wants very much in a Mulan kind of way uh like if you like remember the early mm-hmm. portion of Mulan to kind of talk about the Disney connection that I mentioned earlier um and I think it's really beautiful when Gina has that realization of uh you know I need to let my daughter out of this cage my life in this cage was so miserable I don't want that for her and what really encapsulated that moment is the uh you know when Yuri is happy about like the whole Juliana thing and uh you know being resolved and uh but then she starts to get a little scared she's like but what do you tell dad and uh you know she uh you know are you gonna tell dad and he goes and she just smiles and says yeah I'll tell him like well but what about you know how's he gonna react says uh probably not well but 
honestly, I'm done caring. And just mm-hmm. how the the actress who played Gina delivered that the 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 weight you could hear leaving her chest when she finally mm-hmm. said, you know, I'm done caring. You could tell those cage doors were finally open, you know. And it's just beautiful. beautiful. Um, I love the the parallel between mother and daughter there. Uh, so yeah, let me pass it off to you guys. So, uh, what did you think of Yuri and Juliana, as well as the relationship, uh, mother and daughter Gina and Yuri? Uh, well, uh, I already, uh, I, I uh, with uh, Dan and Kitty, I, uh, I passed it to Brian first. So we're gonna go to Tony first this time. Uh, you know, I like this, uh, this whole tinge of forbidden romance, this uh, unaccepting family and cultural line that with. Yuri coming out the way sh- that she did to her mom, just and her mom kind of realizing like, oh shit, I intentionally did the same thing to my daughter. That what happened to me? They actually had that time to have that conversation. And Juliana was this ultimate goal for Yuri, and I just thought that she felt alone. She felt just Yuri's whole wanted someone to be there, and one really was there in person for her in her mind. Until yes, but with that you can i also saw that with juliana she's connecting a few dots herself like i was just a friend too oh yeah no and and and, and that that's really interesting um <laughs> and you know just to just to piggyback off of uh, what you said a little bit um something that i am very curious about um now that because it seems like they've only really had big moments together uh juliana and uh, yuri so now that they actually have more time to spend with each other um, you know, he's named Julian. So obviously the the references and the whole they they have the whole star for us lovers thing. Mm-hmm. Unexpected mm-hmm. fan. Um and uh one of the one of the jokes that I make all the time as uh just a, a literature head and uh you know, also somebody who studied adolescent psychology a lot, um, is Romeo and Juliet could have all been resolved if they just let the two date and be around each other for more than a week because they would get tired <laughs> of each other and just break up themselves and i think now that they have a more a chance for a more prolonged exposure to each other that uh very much like with florian and q uh that they'll start to see uh like less of the idea of them and their love and uh you know what they really are and uh start to come to terms with that and uh, that will be the real test of their relationship that i'm very curious Tell me oh, yeah that one but one of the things yeah, because, um... You can go ahead, Brian. Alright, thanks. I was just gonna say, because, um, I don't know if this is true or not, but it seemed like how they were portraying it is, uh, just as their relationship was starting to, like, crescendo, climax, kind of, them come together, mm-hmm. that's when the family found out yep. and, like, yeah. ripped them apart. Yep. And the, yeah. it's the whole absence makes the heart grow fonder type thing. Yeah. yeah. And just with all of that, people just putting their, uh, their best foot forward to just help out a person, like Kitty helping out Yuri for the sake of her relationship and knowing the truth behind it like as a friend yeah and just all mm-hmm. the fucking jealousy that juliana was given off oh my god oh yeah oh yeah no that was palpable that was palpable i mean you can the fact that she literally saw kitty leave and didn't say and anything oh my, that that was so passive aggressive oh my <laughs> yeah. god i love that shit like, oh yeah kitty yeah, was just was here and it's just like yeah i saw her leave like yeah you know i wasn't gonna say shit about that bitch like Oh my god, well played, Juliana, well played. You are fucking 
precisely with that shit. That was petty, but I love it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but when it comes to, like, the dynamic between... Well, just move ahead a little bit here. Just to get to the meat and potatoes of these two individual characters. A, a little ahead of time, but... Yep, no, go ahead. We, we, oh, we're, we're, we're already moving in that direction anyway. Well, um, just, uh, if you don't mind, uh, real quick, um, like, the stuff... I completely agree with everything that you said about... That we've been saying about Juliana mm-hmm. and Yuri, yeah. but the one thing that I wanted to add with uh, Yuri and her mom is on top of what you said there was also clearly the cycle of abuse Uh, um, we didn't see any physical abuse um, which I will say there were one or two times where I thought they might get there but uh well between uh, Yuri's mom and dad oh you thought there were going to be some domestic violence type issues there there definitely was verbal and emotional abuse a lot of emotional the dad the dad the dad was abusing the mom and the mom my daughter Yuri but then but then Kitty helped break it for Yuri and then Yuri helped break it for her mom yeah it's very true I see that I especially see. when uh, when uh, her other kid came about mm-hmm. and helped break that too that is yep. also true yep. yep and you know what I, I thought Yuri's dad was weak as fuck and to mm-hmm. and, and to and to piggyback off of what Brian said an- another thing that's very very cool is that like uh, you know uh, Yuri ended up learning to be true to herself and I think that inspires Gina to be true to herself and so mm-hmm. it opens the door for her and Lee a little bit more to circle back to what we were saying earlier uh, so I think that's really uh, cool well, and uh, as far as the a- as far as the a-hole dad goes which I don't want to even justify like looking up his name but uh, um, I almost wonder when we'll just call him we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll just call him Mr. Han we, we know her last name is Han yeah. Mr. Han uh, I almost wonder with him and you guys can tell me and I will openly admit that I'm not part of the LGB community but to me it seemed like he wasn't exactly completely just homophobic but more Cart- just focused yeah, car- on the optics yeah yeah. It, it, it seemed almost cartoonish how yeah. avoidant he was about the whole gay thing especially considering that it's 2023 well, yeah. I think it was more he was focused on the optics and not the whole gay thing because, I mean but uh, yeah also yeah, um, yeah, I, I was, yeah, I was, yeah I think and again I, I can't really speak to this because I'm not Korean so you know so maybe you know any yeah. any Korean members of the audience and um, more uh, like uh, give us a more informed perspective uh, so I think maybe it was the it was more of like not necessarily homophobia due to like the optics uh, in terms of like for, for business I think it's more of like a he built his uh, I think it's optics in terms of like maintaining tradition because uh, the vibe I got was that he built himself on being the ideal traditional successful Korean man well mm-hmm. also let's not forget Q actually points this out that you, in Korea they don't they're not as open to mm-hmm. those kinds of relationships yeah yeah Q- which also um Mm-hmm. That is true. And also, let's remember with Mr. Han, his big controversy that starts off this whole, like, his whole story and everything is the fact that he yelled at an employee. Yep. So true. Yeah. yeah. Just that he yelled in front of an employee. Mm-hmm. In, in, like, um, not to be stereotypical or anything, in America, that would, the response that he got would be, like, the equivalent if they found out that he cheating. Right. Or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. All right. So now... We get to the real 
real the real juice here. Kitty mm -hmm. and Yuri. Ah, th th this is our opportunity to actually talk about Yuri as a character. Straight up is my favorite character of the entire show. Uh, he is so fascinating uh, in so mm -hmm. many different senses. Uh, every time I thought I had her figured out, uh, a new yeah. layer opened up. And I thought, mm -hmm. oh, she's just the, she's the closeted gay girl and, and this manipulation isn't really her. Which is true. But also, the thing that I like, and uh, you know, Brian, you understand this. She very much reminds me of Alison De Laurenti to a liar. Because, oh, yeah. Because, like, she has that, like, closeted, uh, like, you know, obviously hiding who you really are. So I'm going to be mean to other people as a, mm -hmm. a way to, to, to vent my frustrations out. Uh, but I am a, I am actually a sweetheart deep down who has a lot of love to give. Uh, it's true, but all at the same time, even, uh, even when she is now open and free about her love, she is still very much capable of harming people and doing that evil still. It shows that flaw mm -hmm. in her character. Um, and one thing that I really like about this show for both Yuri and for Q, which we talked about before, um, I, and I think, you know, not, I, neither of us, uh, the three of us are members of, uh, the Alphabet Mafia, uh, but, uh, one thing that I really admire about this show, uh, that I, I give a lot of other shows flack for is, uh, that, uh, this show has gay characters and it allows the gay characters to be fucked up people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, other shows... Yeah. It allows them to be characters. Yeah, it allows them to be characters who happen to be gay. Whereas a lot of other shows, they have the gay character as their representation, but they make this gay character into this her 